Hey, up, Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down Season 5, Episode 1, the Season 5 premiere. That's right. We have started Season 5 of Gossip Girl, and it's titled Yes, Then Zero. I am not here by myself. I am here. People like him, they don't write books. They're written about... <laughs> It's Brendan Ruffle. Wow. Hello. I am your co-host, of course, of the Creepy Uncle of Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Hoda Cream Nation. I'm recording live, as always, from the Creepatorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly, Dr. Officer Cream, reporting for duty. Cream, cream yes, Cream. cream. We started the, start they... the season nice. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think the book that they wrote, I'm, I'm okay, envisioning here we go. Here a book called, He's like... rolling it back. No, I, I don't have, like, a good insult. I just, like, <laughs> the rise and fall of Uncle Cream, I think, sounds like something okay. that could be... So we, are we on the, the rise right now? I'm still on oh, the way God. up. I hope so. I hope this isn't the way down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you've already peaked, we're in trouble. Yeah, I, I think we're already. We've never really. It's just been a pure plateau the whole time. Yeah, it we, never we started in the middle. The <laughs> we're still in the middle. <laughs> Start at the bottom, and we're still it's at the bottom. Rolling around in mud. Brendan, can you believe that we're not we're not by ourselves? I can't believe it. You do have a guess. I just, started, and I, you know what? It's, it's a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. It's someone who recently added themselves to the substitute roster. And good thing they did because we had a dropout right off the bat in season five. Start of the season is embarrassing call, for us. <laughs> it wasn't a Lindenhurst person this time. <laughs> needed to call in the subs. So thank God she's here. She is back. She is one of another member of the Two Timers Club wow. now. Please welcome to the podcast. Podcasting legend in her own right, as I am currently listening to a podcast that is also featuring her. It is Gabby Piscuzzi. Gabby, how Hello. are how are you? Hey. Wow. Um, what a great introduction. Thank you. I'm so I'm elated to be in the two timers club. Wow. Yes, and do, do I get something? Um, I forget. I believe mm. the four timers club gets was... a lighter, the three timers club gets a hat, the two timers club, um, I'm Probably not some sort I'm not of sure. t-shirt, right? With uh, us saying something about Rufus's chili on his butt. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You can get some free merch. <laughs> we have a lot of those left over. No one really bought those. Yes. <laughs> we have like yes. a 10 double XLs left over. Okay, great. I'll take them all. You can have all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's uh, Gabby Pascuzzi week because uh, you're, you're appearing on everyone's podcast this week. Bitter Jurors, Lonely Boys. Wow. Doing I the know. Rounds. Yeah, just, just the best. Just the bo- best boys. Best, the best boys <laughs> best in town. That's us. They're very good. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. We are thrilled to have you. Have you been doing any uh, Gossip Girl watching since the last time you appeared on the podcast? I feel like if you were to ask me, um, like, how much, like, have I seen, I watched this episode. I'm trying to set up a really bad joke about you, you asking me how many episodes I've seen or like did you watch the did you watch the premiere of season 5 and I'd be like yes. Okay, hold then on. Let me, zero, let, me, let, me, let me start again. Then, hold on. Uh, Gabby, Gabby, have you watched the premiere of season 5? Yes. <laughs> then zero other episodes. <laughs> You know, I wow. saw it coming at this point, but still really hit the landing. I didn't see it anywhere. I was totally blindsided by that. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I watched, I, 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 you know, in preparation for this last minute pinch hit substitution, I, I had to 
go, I had to meet the Call of Duty and I had to watch Duty. I had to watch uh, the finale of season four to understand what the heck was going on. I'm sure that cleared everything up. Yeah, you're good now, right? Yeah, it made a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, it was great being introduced to like 15 new characters. (laughs) And, but actually, I I remember some of them. Like, I, from my very, when we talked the first time, like, I've seen episodes here and there. I saw uh, Georgina. Yeah. Oh, I remembered her, and so that was a familiar face. So you know, so I'm I'm back. That was the that was last uh, episode. So yeah, I feel I feel caught up. I feel ready for this podcast. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, you know, new characters galore running around here. Uh, e- even even though you haven't seen many other episodes, still I'm sure it was a great time watching. You did mention the iconic episode title, Yes Then Zero. Uh, Brendan, I'll ask you oh, to guess no. the reference later, but I mean, this yeah. is this is an all-timer for, for an episode title. Yeah, and, and spoiler alert for me, <laughs> I don't know what it's referencing, so it just sounds so, even stupider to okay. a person like me. me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I will not, uh, I'll let you guess when we get to it, but like, as far as the episode, why it's called this as an episode title, I mean, yes, because, of course, the famous word right, that uh, Chuck Bass has now heard of, yes. Then zero. I don't know where the zero... I don't know. Can... Usually they don't squeeze anything in from the plot, as we always talk about. So it's weird that they do squeeze in the yes <laughs> and then the zero. <laughs> Man, what a what a great one we get right right off the bat. But before we get into the episode, let's do everyone's favorite uh, new segment to start off the episode. Uh, Brendan, has anything mm. weird happened to you since the last time I we recorded? Sh- I knew I should have wrote this down. I, literally, as soon as we got off last time, I was like, oh, something weird happened to me like just now. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll remember it. It's so weird that it's so memorable. <laughs> so, so weird that I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'll never it. forget it. And I didn't write it down. I don't know what it is. Uh, it'll come to me some other time, but not today. Well, I look forward to it. Uh, Gabby, we, of course, have a new world-famous segment here. Has anything weird happened to you since the last time you recorded a podcast? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm, I've, I'm panicking trying to think. I feel it's like weird things stuff. happen to me all the time, but now I can't think of any so i guess my life's pretty normal and good which seems that seems disingenuous to say <laughs> like weird things have happened i just can't if anything comes to you throughout the show them. just blurt it out well, yeah. just cut us off best the best part about this segment is you can always just say no nothing, nothing <laughs> and well, it's still like a good I'm segment lying. Yeah. yeah usually i take this moment to uh talk about the latest fast food employee who has <laughs> who has yelled at me or or called me a loser or recognized me from mm. being there so often but uh this time i'm just gonna brag Br- brendan you're a fantasy baseball guy i won my fantasy baseball league wow yesterday. that is weird Whoa. twelve hundred dollars i won nice what? and i guess it is weird because i think it's the first time i've ever won a fantasy baseball league good for you Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, uh, you. So I will, that's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I will quit all my jobs now that I have this twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, you should probably should. Um, I was able to afford Fallout Boy tickets. Oh, oh, wow. oh my God! Slay. There you go. That's wow. a good good use for it. Yeah, very of course. Good. I'll be going with a friend of the pod, Lita Brillman. So that'll be a, a very exciting time. Um, hey, it's exciting for you because last time we went to go know. see them, they had COVID and they couldn't play. I thought you were talking about oh. Lita for a second, but you're talking about Fall Out Boy. Yeah, I've never seen <laughs> Lita come play with us. You went to see Lita. She had COVID and wouldn't play I with us. I called Lita's mom. Can Lita come play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. This, I've never seen Fall Out Boy live because they uh, they all got COVID. And decided not I've to seen play them one. twice. Wow. In Asia, when I used to live in Asia. Wow. That's amazing. World were they War. good? Yeah, that was like when I was at my peak. That was like I saw them as a teenager when it was 
it was awesome. I saw them in Singapore and I saw them in the Philippines. In the Philippines, I was front row. I was Whoa. on the barricade. No way. I made eye contact with Pete Wentz. I think he spat on me at some point. Like, not <laughs> and, on me, but his spit landed on me. That is what you hope for when you go to a fallout boy. Pete spit on me. Concert. Yeah, spit on Pete, Pete spat on me. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well... Having said that, let's get into the episode. Brendan, you mentioned you don't know what this is uh, <laughs> referencing. The episode title is Yes, Then Zero. What could this possibly be referencing, Brendan? Uh, it seems like yes is the word they want me to switch out. So I'm going to say no, then zero. Kind of rhymes. All right. I like where your head's at, but it is referencing the 1987 film Less Than Zero. Hmm. Oh. That You know, so that comma start... in the title kind of fucked me up. It, I threw me off too. Yeah. I don't think that should be allowed. Wow, you don't think they should add commas mm, when okay, they so, reference something? No, I think punctuation's a step too far. I like that. All right, so, so we can throw this one out as a wash. I'm 0 for 0. So no, far. no. <laughs> okay. You are starting the season 0 for 1, but remember, you started last season cold too, and uh, you really finished off hot, so hopefully we get some redemption somewhere along the line. Original air date. This premiered on September 26, 2011. It is the season 5 premiere, and we start season 5 with what I thought was going to be a Blair dream sequence, and obviously would have been the oh, best yeah, way yeah. to start the season. Then, as it continues... I'm not recognizing any of these people, and none of them are Blair. <laughs> and then we just go we, we go from black and white to color. We hear someone saying cut. We realize this is actually a movie scene that is being filmed. And unfortunately, disgraced sexual assaulter and all-around terrible person, mm-hmm. David O. Russell, is back for his second episode of Gossip <laughs> Girl. And we have to be subjected to his terrible acting again because he is now uh, directing this film within the TV show. That's like the only way to know who's a cameo in the show because I usually never know who they are until we <laughs> see them act. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a famous person because they suck more than usual. <laughs> it's, it's ironic because the thing is, he, he goes up to his actors and he's like, enjoy yourselves a little bit. Don't be so stiff when like David O. Russell's acting <laughs> is the stiffest garbage I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, something below the belt for me gets called stiff garbage also all the time. <laughs> Thank you for that, brother. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> watching, watching him have to act as a director was like so cringy. Like this should be something he's accustomed to as a director, but it came off so weird. Like him just like <laughs> flatly talking to his actors. Yeah, even like aside from him being there, I was disappointed. Like you said, like we we love the Blair dream sequences, and we come out of it, and it's just we're in Serena's plotline already to start this fucking season. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Can we go somewhere Unfortunately, else? we have to we have to start with Serena here. Um, Gabby, we haven't gotten uh, any any updates. I know you haven't watched a ton of uh, of Gossip Girl since the last time we spoke, but who were who were your uh, favorite character, least favorite characters, and and did they change after watching the se- season finale of season four and the season premiere of season five? No, well, um, I I liked Blair, which I remember getting the appropriate amount of praise for. Right? Yes, yeah. And, oh, and she was still great in this episode. Yeah, I chose the I got the right answer. <laughs> um, and then I'm just still I'm conflicted on Chuck because I think when mm. I was first here there was a there was a human trafficking situation. Mm. Yeah, yes. and then yes. and, and now like he's you know this was like a relatively I mean he, he didn't. I guess maybe the bar is at human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He He's always going to be a complicated, complicated character to root for. But yes, he, nowhere to go from but up from the human trafficking of yeah. it all. So, so congrats to him. Um, so um, the, the guy who got his job stolen from Serena at the end of season four is back. And uh, Serena's talking to him as as she pulls up in a cart to deliver David O. Russell some coffee. Um, 
Did you think that when we started the season that maybe Serena would be like dating her boss, David O'Russell? Because I, I would not have been the least bit surprised if that was the, the direction we went in. That usually would be. So I, I was surprised that she, <laughs> she was still just working. So that's good Good for her. Some growth. And this, this guy whose job Serena tried to seal is named Marshall. And he clearly has some kind of problem with Serena. He wants to get her anywhere else besides the set. Uh, Serena wants to observe filming for one day. But he's, he's saying, you know, maybe next week. And I guess this is what happens when you steal a guy's job. Although... Did she? Did she? Because this guy is still clearly employed no, yeah, here. Even, he's still in, in charge of her, sort of. Yeah, but it's framed as like she stole his job, like at the end I of last know. season. I was, thank God that Gabby watched this the last episode because I would have been so so confused about her coming into this scene to start the season. <laughs> it still kind of well, yeah, doesn't really that, make a lot of sense. But. That's what it was. Is I started watching it and I was like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> so I went back. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no context. And instead, you you started off the episode with with uh, the series finale. I believe begins with like Blair on the roof, like about to be getting murdered from Russell. By Russell yeah, Ford. it was. It made a lot more sense after that. I really. And Charlie's like about to jump and kill her. Like, how did we get to Hollywood? I know. I've never. How did we I've get never to even met here? Charlie, and all of a sudden, there's a new girl about to jump off of a building. Yeah. Oh my god! Every episode. Yeah, you really there. jumped in at a, at a great time. So. Uh, Serena gets some package delivered to her. Uh, please save the date, 26 November 2011, for the marriage of Prince Louis Grimaldi of Monaco and Blair Cornelia Waldorf. So very exciting. This wedding is happening. Is it? That was exciting for me to find out. Yeah. Blair is uh, going to be a princess finally. She's getting married to the prince, and she's sending out the save the dates. Um, and someone else who's going to get one is uh, in East Hampton right now. Rufus is here to watch some baseball because apparently Dan has joined some kind of recreational baseball league in the Hamptons. Where, where do we sign up for this? What, what, what was it? Like the writers versus the authors or something stupid like that? <laughs> hey, what, what the fuck the softball league yeah, is because this? His, his writing mentor, Jeremiah Harris, is also there. So must, this must be some kind of writers baseball league in the Hamptons that Dan is a part of. <laughs> writers versus readers. Some people just do one. Uh, Nate, it, Nate has to be the umpire because he can't be on either <laughs> team. <laughs> this, is, this is absurd. Like, Dan also, like, just not a sports guy at all. No, there's no way Dan Humphrey is any good at baseball. Also, no. he's, like, playing in jeans. Yeah, he looks cool, though. Like, softball <laughs> tee, like, that, that length tee with with jeans. Oh, of the, course. Cool no notes guy. on the base. That, that's I think he a, probably doesn't oh, look okay. good. I'm sure, but yeah, and it works. It works. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's look looking better than ever in in the in the season so far. Um, Dan's surprised to see Rufus, since Rufus is supposed to be in London with Jenny and Eric. Uh, I'm glad Jenny and Eric are still hanging out, even though they're both off the show now. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Jenny and Eric kicked Rufus out of London when he didn't know who Sarah Burton was. So, uh, do you guys know who Sarah Burton is? And also, mm. if you don't, you're gonna get kicked off the podcast. Yeah. So answer carefully. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta leave. Also, <laughs> all right, we're all podcast is over. We're all done because I did not know who Sarah Burton <laughs> was until, until. No, I don't know who up. that is. I think she's a fashion designer, apparently, according to Wikipedia. Wait, do you know? <laughs> no, I don't. I have to leave the podcast as well. It's over. It's over. <laughs> okay, we're closing up shop. Shortest episode ever. Ligori is so happy when this when he sees this. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Sasha put... Burton. Um, is that is that what I said? It's 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 in my notes somewhere. Sarah, it's Sarah Burton. I have no Sarah idea. Burton. I. Oh, Sarah, I was just going to look it up, and I... <laughs> anyway. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to designer, think about this a little right. bit more. Yeah. And the fact that Dan was surprised to see Rufus means he didn't invite his dad. And Dan just <laughs> must be playing so much softball that Rufus has figured, like, well, if he's anywhere, he's going to be at the softball field. <laughs> Is this softball or was it baseball? I thought they were playing baseball. 
Uh, um, uh, Wikipedia says softball. I, th- I oh, saw the slow pitch. And let me tell you, I do have the Wikipedia. Wait, are you still, are you still on Sarah Burton's Wikipedia page? And it says no, that they're I, playing softball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I have the Wikipedia up for yes, comma, then zero. And <laughs> let me tell you, the because the plot um, section has a little Wikipedia note that says... This article's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. <laughs> and let me tell you, it is. It it's sure really is. long, and it's I written st- in this really like conversational tone. It's hilarious. Like I It has st- the author's <laughs> opinions in it. <laughs> I did skip right over it. Usually I will read that little blurb, but it was so long that I was like, this is going to be a three-hour podcast if I don't, sk- if I don't skip over this. Yeah, a, so according to the successively detailed plot, they are playing softball. <laughs> All right, well, they're playing so, softball then. Oh. So the detail was useful today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like a bit of an overreaction, but since Jenny and Eric kicked Rufus out of uh, the, the city of London, he decided to go spend some time with Dan in the Hamptons, which is weird because, I mean, Gabby, as you just watched season four finale, I thought that Dan and Eric were supposed to have this guy's summer in the Hampton together. Which means I guess somewhere along the line, Eric just like ditched Dan for Jenny in London, which can't blame him. And then Dan just stayed here by himself. <laughs> Probably <laughs> played yeah. softball. Instead. Yeah, Eric's like softball's <laughs> not really my thing. vibe. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to London. <laughs> so Dan also gets the save the date for the wedding, and Rufus calls him out that he doesn't seem too happy. He's like, "Aren't you guys still friends?" And Dan's like, "Yeah, uh, friends, of course." Uh, I wonder if Chuck got the invite, and we see that Chuck. He's now a motorcyclist. He uh, <laughs> he gets off his, his new motorcycle to go on this huge boat that Nate is on with a bunch of ladies. And uh, the ladies are all here for Chuck. I, I love Chuck's motorcycle wear. He's a little dressed down in that he's not wearing a full suit like he usually That's is. True. But he, he's still plenty like dressed up and then just holding a motorcycle helmet. He looks uh, <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Chuck does, does, just does not pull off like the cool man's look for me at all. He just, he's, he just has always been so uptight. I don't know. I can't buy that Chuck is riding a motorcycle now. No, not at all. This, this, every yeah. start of the season always feels like a different show because whenever they're not in the city, yes, them being in different places just doesn't make sense to me. They, they belong on Manhattan only and anywhere else is wrong. The start of every season is so disorienting. It really is. It's, it's a different show. It is. And... We see that uh, Nate is holding both of these save the dates for him and Chuck, but he tells Chuck that there's no mail for him, and so Chuck just goes to uh, bed his two women, and he's like, Nate, why aren't you fucking these days? And Nate just, like, laughs, laughs it off. But don't worry, Nate will <laughs> see plenty of action in this episode. It's, he had some, some really bad, like, worse than usual joke of, like, oh, if you hear a screaming there, I'm doing something right. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, good one, man. <laughs> you know what? You are cool. Both of, both of Chuck and Nate's plot lines in this episode are absurd. Like, this 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 show turns into a cartoon. I did. I had some really good, like the the thumbnail for this quotes page was one of my favorite scenes in a while. It was yeah, really, it just, a really big audible laugh later on. Truly, my my joke of the episode <laughs> in that scene. We will get to. <laughs> um, Blair and Louis are home. Everyone's favorite Frenchman, and Blair thinks it's going to be tough reacclimating here after uh, living in the palace for so long. But they can't put off their parents any longer, and so. Uh, Louis has gotten Blair a nice gift, and Blair wants to know if she should wear it to his uncle's big speech at the General Assembly, but Louis's like, oh, no, no, you're not allowed to attend until uh, you're official part of my royal family. But she, <laughs> <laughs> he says that she should consider herself lucky because Albert's speeches are stronger than Ambien, an, an old French saying, as I'm sure we are all familiar <laughs> yes, with. Yes, yes. <laughs> so 
Blair's like, I am lucky. I'm living a fairy tale. But uh, And Louis tells her, every fairy tale has its obstacles. Our wedding's going to be a big one of those. Lo- love to hear that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so excited for this. Like, well, gear up. It's going to be fucking tough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you love fairy tales. You know how fairy tales all have the, those obstacles. Well, yep, get ready because <laughs> this is not going to be easy. So. <laughs> Eleanor's home and she's yelling downstairs. She's she's pissed that there's going to be a civil service and a religious ceremony. Whoever heard of such a thing? Our guests will be sitting longer than a Terrence Malick movie, which uh, I also looked up, and he he is a filmmaker. Apparently, he has long movies. <laughs> long I movies, guess. Yeah. Serena <laughs> um, is now also on the boat. They're all just in L.A. these days, I guess. And she asks Nate how they got here and whose boat it is. And Nate tells her that it's Allegra Versace's boat. Chuck won it in a poker gang in. Po- not poker gang, a poker game in Chiang Mai, and he won Allegra too, but that's another story. And what does he mean by that? <laughs> this whole sentence was just nonsense to me. <laughs> like he just said Are a bunch of words. For the human trafficking. That's what I'm saying. My first thought is: Is Chuck getting in another human? We just praised him for not human trafficking, and it seems like he is back to his old ways in betting on women in poker games. But uh, uh, the that- name Allegra is. <laughs> A name it's that I've never it's, heard used yes. for a human woman. <laughs> well, you have not met Allegra Versace, apparently. Yes. <laughs> it's not. Like they just heard it sound as like as mysterious as possible for for Chuck when giving him like some some off screen sure. off season thing to do. And so uh, Serena wants to know if Chuck is okay, and Nate says, "Ask him himself." As Chuck enters, and Chuck seems to be in very good spirits, excited to say hello to Serena. He's even smiling. He smiles a lot in this episode, and Serena's like, "Whoa, I, I, you know." I never seen you smile like this. If what you're doing is legal, I want some. And Chuck says it's not a substance; it's a state of mind. It's a word, uh, but not a dirty word. As Serena wants to know, it is just the word "yes." And uh, so Chuck has become a yes man. Clearly, Chuck has been watching some Jim Carrey movies on his vacation. <laughs> That's what got him here. Was <laughs> this the movie? Yeah, not like a self help book would... or anything. He's acting like it's this big thing, but he just watched Yes Man by by. <laughs> it had come out two years before. It's probably okay. it's probably on demand by now. I I would love to see the character of Chuck Bass just slowly morph into a Jim Carrey impression throughout the season. Well, we we get a, a scene similar later on where he jumps off the roof, except in the Yes Man, he stops the guy from jumping off the roof. That's true. Yes, um, Jim Carrey could play Chuck Bass, but Ed Westwick could not yeah, play Bruce Almighty. That would be I think we should... a scary impression of Chuck doing <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> So, uh, Chuck has been saying Alrighty yes to every opportunity. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Really, really good stuff. <laughs> so, there's nothing he won't try once, even happiness. And <clears throat> it says that he's very inspirational. He should he should run an infomercial. Uh, Ch- Chuck's like, you're mocking, but if the opportunity presented itself, I would say... And then they're like, yes, you, yeah, we, we get, get it. it. We got it very fast. You don't have to explain <laughs> anymore. Yeah, it's not that difficult of a concept. Um, mm. Oh, that's why it's called oh, yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I know yes. you said that earlier, but I didn't get it. Now <laughs> we just have to be, okay, well, now we just have to be on the lookout for the zero, and maybe things will start making sense. <laughs> okay. Serena so, um, gets it, but Chuck's like, uh, actually, you don't, because you're working your little assistant job all summer, driving your cart, getting your coffee, sorting things. Uh, wh- what have you gotten out of it? And Serena's like, well, actually, producer James, whom I really admire, uh, asked me what for my thoughts on a scene. And, like, why? 
why is this supervisor such like a fan of well marshall's her supervisor who isn't letting her do it uh but this producer is such a fan of serena and her ideas like why on earth would the producer of this film want serena vanderwoodson's inputs on a scene of the movie there's uh, simply no way this is serena all over just like what she does she falls ass backwards into success she got this job initially because she had read a book before <laughs> and now she's giving tips on how to write the rest of it now, yeah Producer Jane was like, yes, that intern, Serena. Yes, the socialite Serena Vanderwoodson. She's read the book. Yes. What are her thoughts on these scenes? I'd love to hear I'd love to hear what she has She's to just say. doing like, fucking transpell right now. Why she doesn't have any real <laughs> power. I don't know. It makes no sense. So Serena placated Marshall, so now Jane thinks she's a flake. Uh, I was thinking there's no way Jane even gave that conversation any more thought after that but apparently i'm wrong here apparently yeah <laughs> serena has no experience writing movies it makes no I'll sense i'll say it right now that <laughs> the guy who's pissed off that serena's coming for her job has all the rights in the world to be pissed off about serena even being there in the first place <laughs> he has some good points in, in this episode <laughs> when he's when he's like yeah i can't get fired from this you don't need this job and serena's like and i can get fired but i decided like, yes what do yeah, you mean but this was handed to me and i decided i like it now so <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But so, um, Chuck tells her there's still time to go say the yes she never said. Like, at what point over the summer did Chuck get hypnotized? Or I guess, like, at what point did he watch Yes Man? Because why is this just his new philosophy I, I, all we, of we the We never got anything about how this happened. It's just like, oh, no, this is how he is now. <laughs> yes, he's just a new personality. <laughs> And they're all laughing. They're saying, you know, you're actually right. You sound completely delusional, but you are right. And so Serena's going to find Jane tomorrow. Marshall be damned. And uh, then he's like, and who's coming with me to make sure I actually do it? So now assistant Serena is just going to bring her friends to work. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And uh, they are both actors now. <laughs> well, no, Chuck's a stuntman now, and Nate's an actor. They're also everyone's just falling ass backward into new things. Everyone's just finding older women to fucking date to. Like, what is? It's it's a, it's really a, a cartoonish start to the season. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the so, power of yes. Power it's of power yes. Of, <coughs> so, and, <laughs> Jim Carrey really inspired him. I was waiting for the Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey cameo. Like he's just at the party, and Serena's like, "So you're actually the man who gave Chuck the idea to be a yes man?" And Jim Carrey's just like in the mask attire, just yeah. saying, "That's a spicy meatball." <laughs> <laughs> so Dan's uh, softball game apparently has wrapped up, and his old writing mentor buddy Jeremiah Harris is here for the big writers versus readers softball tournament. <laughs> and he tells Dan, "It's just maybe like he goes, I was thinking of you yesterday, old boy." Why does he call Dan oh, old boy? Old boy. <laughs> I would have read that line in the script and been like, what am I saying? What am I saying? Why am I from the 1920s? <laughs> um, Jeremiah read an advanced copy of a story that Vanity Fair is running in their next issue, and it reminded him of Dan's work only better, which is kind of rude, but... Um, <laughs> it's funny because he doesn't know what he's talking about, so he's kind of saying like, yeah, there's somebody out there that sounds like a better version of you. you that's Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Dan's style is so unique that this guy can read something and it immediately reminds him of Dan. But And Dan asks who wrote it, and but no one knows. It's anonymous, and everyone's talking about it. And, like, Dan seems to already know that it's his work. Like, he hears that it's a, anonymous and everyone's talking about it, and he's like, must be my, no must be my novel. Well, <laughs> I, I guess he uh, his, his mentor drops the character's name in the book, and he's like, oh, okay, after, well, that's yeah, obviously me. He says, but it, Right, it looked like he was already worried before that because yeah, Jeremiah's like, it's a little Wharton and a lot Wolf, uh, the modern mores and misdoings of Upper uh, Crust hmm, Manhattan. That sounds like something I thought of you right. because uh, 
The protagonist's name was Dylan Hunter, of all things, initials being what they are. So it seems like this guy is like catching on that Dan might be the person who wrote this, but yeah. also just weird that he's here in the first place. I'm surprised that Dan didn't really just like call Vanessa. Like, what the fuck did she do? What the fuck? Well, he tries to. He can't get in oh, touch with Vanessa. Oh, okay. She's ducking everyone's calls. And so uh, Blair and Louie are with the mothers. They're discussing the terms of the weddings. They can't agree on what kind of flower Blair will be holding. And Blair puts her foot down. She's going to be holding peonies. And she turns to Louie for support. And this little bitch boy just says, with you looking so beautiful, who will even notice your flowers? And like, d- dump him. <laughs> the, the, the bride, especially if she's Blair fucking Waldorf, should get whatever she wants on the wedding day. I, I and can't this pick asshole my own fucking flowers. He's siding with his mom. Mommy said you hold peonies. It was embarrassing. Mama's dress. You're really going to love Mama's dress. Like, so I have to wear her fucking dress, too, from 1920? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been passed down from my great-grandma to everyone else. Like, she's wearing this musty old <laughs> 1900s wedding dress. It is almost made of completely moths. <laughs> so, Blair is obviously upset. Um, Vogue Paris wants a picture of Blair in the wedding dress for the November issue. And uh, they're going to send in, as we've been saying... Uh, Princess Sophie's wedding dress that's been passed down to her generations Sounds and generations. Sounds <laughs> <It's> like shit. <laughs> and so, um, Blair desperately turns to Louis and tells him that she's already lost on the food, the flowers, and the font. He knows how important choosing yet yeah, the font. I guess she didn't like the font on the uh, <laughs> on the save the date. This is a, a, a good opportunity. If they're going to be a cartoon, they should do a, a quick cutaway to the fonts being disappointed that it, she didn't say his name. <laughs> We need a graphic novel version <laughs> yeah. so we can see the font. <laughs> he knows how important choosing the dress is for her. And, like, I can't believe that Blair is actually begging a man for permission to have her wedding be the way she wants it to be. Like, her wedding day has been her dream. And now she's letting this stupid royal family walk all over just because she wants, like, a fairy tale, which it doesn't seem worth it to me. And I, she comes to that decision uh, herself as well. Yeah, these are those obstacles yeah, you're talking about. No, uh, it's, it's not a fairy not, tale. No, it's not a fairy tale. You have to... It, you don't get to choose your how your wedding is going to be. That's not a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale for Princess Sophie over here, and uh, Dorota comes in with some prosecco and happens to see a Gossip Girl blast go off on Blair's phone. Uh, it's just in due to a reader's dumpster dive outside a well-known Fifth Avenue pre-war. It appears someone we know and love is in the family way. So this is your humble Gossip Girl in- issuing an APPB. Who could the mother of our next scandal be? And so Blair asks Dorota what's wrong, and Dorota tells her nothing and deletes the blast. So, um. There's a lot of words going on there, but essentially what Gossip Girl is telling us, I guess, is that someone is pregnant, which was the big cliffhanger at the end of season mm-hmm. four, if you remember. I forgot until oh, I saw I the remember. big word mother on the screen. It's like, oh, right. And Ah, uh, yes, mothers. Mother. They have babies. So right That's... now, in my head, and I could be way off in base my here. Head. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the three <laughs> possible mothers are Dorota, Blair, and Serena. And Dorota's probably not it. At this point, I think she takes the blame later, or I'm reading that right. wrong too. But um, those are the three options. I read it the same way. Yes, because we jump to Chuck and Serena and Nate, and they're really offering us this like red herring here where Chuck offers Serena champagne, but right. she has apparently given up drinking since the beginning of the summer. You know, LA lifestyle. <laughs> so we're supposed to think is Serena pregnant, or is she just going sober? Yeah. And so, like, because it's told to us at the end that. It seems like Blair is the one who is pregnant. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the seamstress, but even the magic even later on the episode when they had the celebratory mm-hmm. champagne and then they give a glass to Serena, we do, we don't ever yeah. we cut away before she drinks it. She's like, "Oh, Chuck, oh. go get something else." He's like, "Okay," and then he leaves and she doesn't take a sip. So why is Serena wow. staying sober? Just so we can conveniently have a red herring right here? Yes. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess as someone who has gone sober as well, I might have to start standing Serena after all. <laughs> Just for that reason. And ne- not only that, neither Chuck nor Nate bat an eye at Serena going sober, which is odd. Like, I'd be like, what? <laughs> why? Uh, you're one of the drunkest out of all of us. <laughs> maybe that's maybe <laughs> yeah. that's why. They're so supportive. I yeah, guess so. That's nice. I thought Chuck would be like, well, you have to say yes. I'm offering you uh, I'm offering you a, a drink. So well, you so, he started yes. what he did at the end of the episode or towards it. Right. It, it's our new lifestyle. We all say yes to everything. Jim Carrey would be <laughs> would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck just bows down to a poster of Jim Carrey at the end of every night. <laughs> he should. Blair is on the phone with Serena. Uh, she's ranting about her disaster wedding meeting. Uh, so out of control, you would have thought he was Italian. And Serena tells her he's like the balance between wife and mother is tough he's probably trying to do the best that he can and blair yells at her for being rational and seeing both sides and i agree we should be taking blair's side here yeah this is one of the few times in life you're allowed to be irrational and everyone just has to say yes to you yeah tell blair she's right she is right she wants what she She wants she gets it she should say it brandon were you saying something as well no that's it we're we're on the same page she's she wants what she wants yeah Yeah, we all agree blair should get what she wants I think everyone who's anyone could agree with that. And so, like, Blair's complaining and Serena's just, like, laughing on the phone. She's being a bad friend. But then she gives a pep talk. She says that uh, Vogue Paris is amazing. Blair will look amazing in whatever dress she wears. And just wear the dress for Vogue Paris. That way, you know, you can look great wearing what Sophie wants. And then you'll have more leverage on the real day. So, uh, Blair is wishing that Serena was here. She wants her to come home from that disgusting city of L.A. And they, you know, they say that they love each other. They miss each other. They make plans to talk the same time tomorrow. And oh. hold on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got people barging in on me while I'm trying to <laughs> oh. record a podcast here. <laughs> is it the fans? <laughs> yeah, it's the fans trying to come in here. All right. You, you can put that in a blooper reel. So- I think as long as they come in and they say a cream, yes, cream, they're allowed in. Okay, so, um, so Serena tells Blair, uh, you know, don't worry, you're on my schedule. Blair loves that she sounds so professional, and uh, they they hang up. And Dorota asks Blair if she's seen Gossip Girl, and she's about to tell Blair like they need to have a big talk, but Dorota or Blair doesn't have time for Dorota's nonsense right now. Yeah, one of the scenes where it seems like Dorota knows about Blair, but I, Blair didn't give me anything that made her seem suspicious at this point yet. Right. Yes. She just doesn't She's very want to talk to Dorota right now. Yeah. She's a little rude here. A little too rude for my liking in, in handling Dorota. But, you know, nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. Um, back to Serena, Chuck, and Nate. Uh, Marshall tells Serena that he doesn't remember approving a set visit for her and her friends. And honestly, fair. This is a place of work. And Serena's just bringing these random people to, to the set with her. She's just an intern. Literally. Like, how, in nowhere else would you just bring your, like, like Brendan, me and Gabby are going to come and work with you tomorrow. That would probably be all right. Okay, well. <laughs> we both have to be actors. I guess you, this was a bad, <laughs> I'm going to ride a motorcycle there. And you're gonna... Gabby has to jump off the building. <laughs> so, um, Chuck just nonchalantly replies, you must be Marshall. And Marshall asks, who are you? And then Serena and Nate both get to say Chuck's catchphrase at the same time. He's Chuck Bass. So now other that people are saying That was fun. I, I like that. You like the callback? That's good. Um, yeah. Stunt woman Zoe Bell is here to talk to Marshall about some stunt that someone has to perform. And Chuck just asks, what's the stunt? And instead of saying, who the fuck are you? The woman tells Chuck that she can show him. And Chuck's like, you know what I have to say. Like, this show is <laughs> nonsensical at this point. Yeah, I'm starting to get, I don't know if this is 
the kind of vibe that we get throughout season five but if this is the kind of bad that we're getting then i'm okay with it i'm okay with us leading into this bullshit nonsense tv show if this is how it's gonna be for the rest of the season i don't know what world are you just waltzing onto a set without permission and then uh, someone's gonna be like yeah i'll show you a super dangerous stunt and it ends up with chuck falling off the fucking roof like oh and, and putting all this nonsense into the episode makes it seem like they're out of ideas at the end of a season but we just started the brand new stuff so you should, yeah, you should have so much starting. on the bone why are we starting <laughs> these were here? their best ideas <laughs> yeah. they're at the top this is what of the pile this is what they're leading with <laughs> We'll figure out. We'll figure the rest out later. But this Chuck Yes Man stuff is gold. We have to start with it. <laughs> yeah, somebody should have um, asked Chuck to go to therapy while he was doing the Yes Man thing. <laughs> yes, <I agree. laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'll say yes to anything. But not therapy. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Marshall leaves. Nate immediately points out he's a douchebag, and then Serena cons Nate into auditioning for a role. I, I guess Serena has the power to recruit people for auditions as an assistant now. <laughs> She's a part of like casting. on the spot. Is yeah. this my is this my noon audition? It sure is. <laughs> Get in there, Nate. Like what? <laughs> so. And returns to the loft. He's on the phone with Epperly trying to get to the bottom of this. Rufus is behind him. I thought this was very comical. Rufus is like struggling to keep up behind Dan and is also carrying like all of Dan's stuff and Dan is not helping at all. <laughs> I don't think I really fully noticed that. I'm glad that Rufus was struggling. Yes. Um, Dan figured out pretty immediately that uh, Vanessa must have uh, stolen his novel or his story and done this and... Dan looks in the drawer, and his story is, in fact, missing, and no one can get in touch with Vanessa. So, uh, like I said, Dan has put the pieces together, and all Epperly knows is that the guy at Vanity Fair read it and loved it and is publishing it. And Rufus is excited about all this, but Dan thinks they're only publishing it because they think it's about a celebrity. And Dan reveals that it kind of is about a celebrity. It's about Blair Waldorf, future Princess of Monaco. He wrote it in the spring after they dot 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 and this is like the first of many times they they seem to be implying something like the dot dot dots there with dan trailing off seem to be hinting at something because even rufus is like what and he just doesn't answer and abruptly leaves it, it's been like a half a season where rufus has been like you don't like blair do you and then they never <laughs> yeah. he never gets an answer i almost feel bad for him at this point that dan keeps beating around the bush just tell your fucking dad that yeah you kissed blair once but now it seems like we apparently had more happen all of a sudden which i don't think did well i don't know because we have the we have the dot dot dots here we have dan we're like did you read the end of the book later and Rufus is like you actually did that and then like (laughs) we we find out (laughs) makes it sound like something absolutely filthy (laughs) yeah and then we find out that blair's pregnant so are we setting up that that's what yeah that's what we are setting is that up. is that what we're oh trying to we you'd think we would have touched on this last as of last season season. they did not tell us at all that there's a chance of them having sex that was not on the table last season all of a sudden now they're they're starting starting new and they're saying oh you know what they did bang last season we forgot we forgot to right. mention it we forgot they I'm, like, writers I'm, think- every episode, so. <laughs> I'm thinking of it as like all they did was kiss but he's such a like middle school that, boy about mm, it that that could he's, be too. he's like making <laughs> such a big deal about <laughs> it that, you like, actually oh did God, that, that- <laughs> no way. did you actually with french <laughs> louis made you french <laughs> You French the French guy's girl? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Speaking of, of the Frenchman and his girl, um, the wedding dress gets delivered and Blair can see that Louis did not talk to his mother. And he says it's very difficult saying no to her. Uh, he's worried she's going to make things more difficult later if she doesn't get her way now. And he's trying to ease her into the future. Again, this boy just needs to stop being a loser and learn how to say no to his mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole episode for Louis, just him being exactly a big baby. And then his big redemption is at the end where he's like, I got you your pee in these. <laughs> wow, congrats. <laughs> Great job, you fucking you loser. You folded on one thing. You <laughs> <laughs> got flowers. As Blair is picking off the cobwebs off this 19th century <laughs> dress that she's wearing. So, um, Blair tells Louis that they're getting married in three months, and she needs to know that she is not alone. Louis tells her that he's right here, and Blair's like, those are just words. We need proof. So, like, good for Blair True. standing up for herself to the Prince of Monaco here, and... It works because Louis tells Blair that she's right and she has inspired him to stand up to his mother, which uh, seemed like it was easy. That's all Blair had to say, apparently. And, and who's scarier, Blair or his mom? I'd say it's, Blair it's close, can be. but we got to go Blair for yeah. sure. Um, the dress discussion can wait until tomorrow, but tonight Blair is coming with Louis to the General Assembly. She's going to see uh, Uncle Albert's speech. Woohoo! I heard they're good. Romantic. <laughs> <laughs> heard they're better than uh... Ambien. They're stronger Ambien, than Ambien. There we go. Or whatever they said. So, uh, Serena finds producer Jane. Uh, she wants she wants to know why Serena blew her off after the meeting, and Serena explains that she didn't want to step on Marshall's toes. And Jane reminds Serena that apparently Serena was hired to step on Marshall's toes, and that if it wasn't for her, Marshall wouldn't have even read the book. So, so again, producer Jane loves Serena. She offers her a little more responsibility, and Serena says yes. For what reason? Don't know. Still unclear. So I guess they hired her essentially to light a fire underneath Marshall because he's was a slacker or something. Because he doesn't do his job. Mm. Like he also does. Like he's not innocent in all this. He also does not do his job. Right. It's well. I think that's what most people do at work. They don't like. Not a lot of people work. They don't do their jobs. Yeah. That's 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 true. That's but like, so true. So this producer randomly asked Serena for her idea on a movie scene. Serena flaked on her, did not go to the meeting, then comes back and is like, yeah, I'm sorry I flaked, doesn't give her the thoughts about the scene, and the producer's like, you want more responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't wow. give her anything she wanted. Like, I love it. You got moxie, kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's Serena for you, baby. She continues falling ass backwards. She's still also a little dark for my taste still a little bit insensitive the tan is too the much the tan is yeah. too much i think that they like tinted her eyebrows blonder like to make the, they look like bleached to a point where they blend in with her skin too now are you just sure your color settings just aren't off on, on your tv i have the eyebrow setting off on my tv yeah <laughs> no eyebrows for no eyebrow. <laughs> That'd be an interesting setting <laughs> okay this scene this is like the scene of the episode for me because it starts with Serena walks outside and out of nowhere some like old timey jazz music is playing in the background of the scene for for no reason like I, I don't understand it Marshall's been dismissed for the day Jane told him to leave the rest of his work to Serena so he's pissed um, although it is it's hard to tell because this is just another guy in Serena's life who is incapable of portraying emotion he's like I'm really pissed right now I'm very mad at you Serena can you tell and this is why. <laughs> so, I couldn't tell he was mad because his furrowed brows weren't showing on my screen. Right, yeah, his eyebrows were gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so he tells Serena if she thinks if she thinks she can do a better job than he can, then here's the test. Um, and she gives her his to-do list, and she's like, oh, this is it? 
And Marshall tells her it has to be done by tomorrow. And Serena's like, okay, I'll have it done by the party tonight. I don't know what the party is for. I don't know if that's mentioned at any point. But uh, there is a party tonight. And, she, and she's going to get the whole thing done before then. Yeah. Uh, and she sure does. I mean, do you have any Do you have any not faith in Serena? She can get anything done. She's such a, such a of workhorse. Course. <laughs> now, before Marshall leaves, Serena says, have you seen my friends? And we see Chuck fall from the roof and onto an inflatable. And this cracked me up. It's out of nowhere. It was my joke of the episode. <laughs> Just the fall itself, not the, the lines that follow? That that plays into it, but okay, he, okay. she's just like, where are my friends? And he's just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> the stunt lady rushes over, tells Chuck he's going to get in a lot of trouble, and but she gets the feeling he doesn't care. And like Chuck, <laughs> Chuck again, <laughs> jumps up, no scratches on him, looking like, a, looking like a James Dean badass. And Chuck responds by asking the woman if she's free tonight. And she just replies, <laughs> I am now. And then... The old-timey jazz music starts playing again as Chuck walks away smiling. What the fuck are we watching? I get the feeling that you don't care. You free tonight? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is this show? This is so unlike And it was also so weird seen. because we cut to her face and she's old. <laughs> oh, my God. You said it. She's old. <laughs> Sorry, but old. this guy is and 20. She's old. Yes. And then not his usual type. The muted trumpet pumps in, and we just see Chuck walking away with a smile on his face, the tune of (laughs) like what? I was expecting like the the little circle to close in on him, like we were at the end of of a Looney Tunes cartoon. (laughs) It really would have been kind of perfect, honestly. I didn't realize it really was the episode of. Old ladies and our men. Like it, uh, Nate <laughs> has ladies a, and our men. Nate has a history, obviously, but this is new yes. territory for Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, Chuck likes freshmen because they're so fresh. But now he's, uh, yeah. he's dipping his his toes in the other. Yeah, <laughs> dipping his. <laughs> I don't toes know if we're. I don't. Pool. I don't know about you calling these old ladies. <laughs> I'd like to reevaluate <laughs> that for uh, these for our children here that we're watching. They are old. <laughs> there was, there, there's like, certainly yeah. age gaps in these relationships that are, it's an age gap relationship yeah. Yeah. i mean okay maybe uh chuck's stunt woman not so much in zoe bell uh who i believe is in her 30s but uh the the, the lady that nate is going to end up with <laughs> is 20 years older than him easily <laughs> but that, that one doesn't yeah. seem as weird just because it's nate Right, Nate. Of course, oh. we're we're used to this with Nate. Um, speaking of Nate, Serena asks him how the audition went, and Nate tells her that after he told them he wasn't an actor, they said, "That's too bad because you'd be perfect as a kid from an East Coast political family who's constantly manipulated while trying to keep everyone happy," which uh, seems very specific. But then, I mean, yeah, obviously Nate is is joking. But then this dialogue continues to get weirder because Serena like weirdly jokes that if Oprah was there, she would have loved it, and Nate's like, ah, "I love Gail," and then Serena laughs and says, "Me too." Like. This is also so random. What is who is writing the dialogue in know. this episode? There is a lot of random dialogue that just ends in laughing, just to make us feel like, oh, we're all having a good time, right? <laughs> if you just laugh at the end of a scene, <laughs> you can pass it like, up as a good their, scene. That's their banter. It's yeah, right. This joke that makes no sense. If Oprah was there, why? What do you mean if Oprah would was there? Why would I would be there? And they're like, guys, look, look how charismatic our characters are. And then non sequitur, I love Gail. Like, I know that Gail <laughs> is Oprah's Gail. friend, but we weren't talking about her. I'm sorry, Nate. 
<laughs> he's just like proving his knowledge. Right. He's like, I'm in. He's like, I have cultural <laughs> knowledge about Oprah. <laughs> it's like they've talked about her before. Right. Like they've been like, you know, oh, that duo, Gail and Oprah, they are a hoot. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> Nate and Serena are like catching up after every Oprah show, and they're like, Did you catch that? Yeah, Gail was, Gail was on one on it, that. I mean, that would be a good running joke. Hate, I just hate when they do an episode about her book club because I, I can never read the books that she, <laughs> she, she, she suggests to us. Poor guy. Well, thank God Nate is here because he lets Serena use his card so she can get Patrick Roberts' medicinal weed. Um, of course, Nate has a weed card. He's like, Gotta love California's law. And so is yes, Serena. No. <laughs> Serena wonders what kind Patrick will want, and Nate tells her that a uh, blueberry headband is pretty good, uh, uh, from what he's heard from other people telling him he's good, obviously. Uh, yeah, and so if we were wondering, Nate does still smoke. He is still cool. Very cool. He's way cooler than the motorcycle Chuck. Try the blueberry headband, buddy. <laughs> he's, I don't know why he's coy about it either. Like, he just gave her his medicinal <laughs> card. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. people told me uh, it was good. I don't know. <laughs> Right, yeah, like he has the the cat's out of the bag, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And we we like we they probably smoked together a bunch. Well, no, I don't think Serena smokes. She's like, well, not that I'm judging you, but uh, why do you need to smoke? That's it's true. Not like being on a yacht is uh, super stressful. Like, okay, seems a little judgy to me. And also, can he just want to smoke? Yeah. And earlier, um, earlier too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She mentioned that like, uh, oh, if it's if whatever Chuck's taking is legal, then I'll take it. Like, what a yeah. what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> has to be legal. Don't they do cocaine on this show or anything? <laughs> Some characters Somebody do. Has, I, wait, Serena definitely has, like, or Serena's doppelganger has at the, at the very least. But Serena uh, has been, is familiar enough with cocaine to the point that she thought she might have done it the night before. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah. like you're but, telling me these like Upper East Side high school rich kids have never touched cocaine and they're being right. like, coy about medicinal legal medicinal is where Weed? we travel. <laughs> we travel. Right. That's it. It is weird how so, this show is supposed to be like the the bad TV show, and like they're very PG thirteen about a lot of issues like this. And I feel like yeah. now watching, yeah. just getting through most of the first season of the OC, I feel like that show is way more in touch with yeah. that side of things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Nate's like, "Come on, man. Uh, you just let me smoke. The last couple of years have taken a toll on me. My family, Juliet, Raina, you." And so Nate just wishes he could reinvent himself. And Serena tells him that he's come to the right place for that. She's like, I mean, look at me. I've gone from it girl to working girl in just 3,000 miles. Like, Serena never misses a chance to brag about herself. She's like both <laughs> bragging that she was the it girl and now that she's this great working girl. Like, she's, just, she's like, look at me. I went from something great to something also great. And I moved across the country. Like, I'm amazing. <laughs> she tells Nate that if he's sick of being him, then be someone else for a little while. Like, maybe tonight at the big party. That's that's gonna be Nate's side quest tonight. What a, what a great side quest! It really pays off. <laughs> Blair comes downstairs in a lovely dress. Uh, Dorota informs Eleanor that Blair is going to the UN because Prince Louis is uh, is well. Blair's testing Prince Louis, and Eleanor rolls her eyes at this. But like Blair's like, listen, if he doesn't stand up to his mother tonight, then like that's it. We're not having a wedding. Like that, <laughs> I I can't do this. And like good good for her. Like I. Can't even yeah. if this is what's happening now with Princess Sophie, who who, who knows what's going to happen down the line? Yeah, I, I agree with her. It is just a little bit alarming that if this is something that could be make or break, then maybe you shouldn't be marrying this guy. It, they're moving a little quickly, I feel. Yeah. And as as Blair leaves, I do like that uh, Eleanor tells Dorota she doesn't know where she gets it from. And Dorota just like rolls her eyes at her. Nick. Rota, very funny stuff. Yeah, very, very. Always with a, with a well-timed eye roll. We love Dorota. <laughs> it was a big, heavy eye roll. 
Oh, yeah. So Louis exits his place, and Dan is just there waiting for him to chat. Uh, again, getting his stalker skills uh, out there. Mm -hmm. uh, he tells Louis that he needs his help, of all people. And he explains about his story and how a magazine is publishing it. He has no idea how to stop it. But uh, he thinks that if the prince puts his royal weight behind it, it could be dead in an hour. And like, Dan's going to like show his cards in a minute. But pretty ballsy from Dan to ask Louis, whom he has no friendship with or relationship to, for this. Yeah, like, hey, man, he, I, I know yeah, you're kind of busy with the wedding stuff, but uh, can you do me a favor? <laughs> Do me a solid, bro. <laughs> so they're not friends? No. They're no, not friends. They're not Prin enemies, they but have, not friendly. I mean, have they talked to each other? Uh, maybe this is the first time. It might be. I, I, I don't remember them ever, like, speaking to each other They've been in the same room here. They've the same party at some point. Maybe cross paths. <laughs> maybe. I, I, we, we'll have to do our season four so rewatch to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. He's just asking him then because he's Blair's fiance. Well, yeah, I he, knows I think he has, he has the best it, chance of getting rid of the story. Right. Like, he, if he called up uh, Vanity Fair or whoever's publishing the story and is like, hey, don't publish this, they'd be like, who the fuck are you? But if uh, the Prince of Monaco calls and is like, hello, I am the prince. I don't want you publishing this story. They'd be like, what? What? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, yeah. random, but okay. <laughs> All I did okay, to do was do an accent. They would have. Yeah, yeah no, I did. Didn't try that. We see Dan like practicing his French accent in, in the hallway. We, Damn it, we, this will never work. We, we. <laughs> so, so, like, Dan strong arms him now, and he's like, listen, the story's about Blair, and if it ever sees the light of day, you're not going to be too happy, which sounds like a threat. And, uh, like, remember Vanessa said in the season four finale that someone comes off looking really good in the story? Like, you assumed she was talking about herself, but uh, it, is it Blair that comes off looking really good in this story? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're trying to tell us that Blair banged Dan and has a baby now. Right. It seems like this is a love letter to Blair almost and that um, it, the story ends with Blair being like, and then we fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I think all, all of this, this part of, the, of his book was shoehorned in here for this episode because the way that Vanessa talked about it last episode made it just seem like it was one long love story about Serena like we always thought it was. Yes, and also she like clearly sent the entire novel in, and now they're just like publishing like one chapter from from the novel or one story from the, from the novel or uh, whatever's happening. Like, it's very unclear what is happening here. Okay, thank you for saying that because I was like, what format is this book taking? <laughs> <laughs> it's is it a short form, and it's being published in Vanity Fair as like a preview? Right, is it a right. chapter? Is it an excerpt? Is it a series of, is it an anthology and a right. series of short stories? <laughs> like, I was very confused at the format of this book. He, at certain point, calls it his novel. He calls it a story. He calls it a chapter. Like, these are <laughs> these are all different things. <laughs> right. Like, I guess he, what is, I, they took an, eps, an excerpt from it and just grabbed a chunk of a chapter to put in Vanity Fair magazine to promote the book, maybe. I, that's all, like, that's like my logic for it. Who's to say? We'll have to ask Jeremiah Harris, who got the advanced screening of it. Um, he's sipping his drink on the yacht. Wait, wait, uh, the stunt uh, ladies. Zoe... Bring us back real quick. Yeah, the book's published though, so this doesn't even matter. People that read the book will find that part when they get to it. So I don't know. <laughs> the book's still right, out there. That's true too. Like the book is being published. Well, Dan doesn't know that at this point though. Okay. Okay. Because he he's like, I'm hoping that Vanessa only sent in oh, that okay, one right, chapter right. or whatever, because that's all that Vanity Fair has or whatever. But as we saw in the finale, like. Vanessa gave this to one publisher and he was like, sign us up, publisher. No author? <laughs> Love it. Let's Love do it. it. Who should we send the checks to? You? Great. Love it. <laughs> no. There are no contracts in this universe. Like, Chuck didn't have to sign a waiver. He gets to just jump off of a building. There's no contracts for a book deal. There's, There's no, no contracts in $10, this $10,000 checks being sent to Barcelona. 
Just if you in, didn't in hear, Chuck's going to be in. Yeah, if you didn't hear, Chuck's going to be in big trouble, even though we don't see him get in any trouble at all. <laughs> so he's sipping his drink on the yacht. Uh, stunt lady Zoe Bell is still there, and she tells Chuck about Patrick Roberts and his minder Mary Lou that makes sure he stays sober, otherwise the film shuts down. Uh, but luckily, we don't have to stay sober, and she wants to take Chuck to a party, but uh, Chuck. He goes to put his helmet inside, and that's when he spots the save the date that's addressed to him. Uh, who would have thought that uh, Chuck's motorcycle helmet would be the thing that's, like, driving the plot forward for him? <laughs> Get it? Motorcycle <laughs> driving? Let me, let me, let me just good. put my motorcycle helmet away. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is good. Sorry. Unintentional, yeah. Um, so Chuck opens the save the date, puts it in his jacket pocket, and uh, he, now he's like, on second thought, why don't we just ride the motorcycle? He's like, nothing's that dangerous, right? And I would have a follow-up question if I were her. I, I would be like, huh? What? <laughs> what? what do you mean nothing's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> nothing's that dangerous. It does sound like she's, he's taking her to be murdered. Hey, buddy, you're scaring me. <laughs> well, all right, fine. Let's ride motorcycles. <laughs> so, we get to our event of the week, the big party, uh, the unspecified party. That, uh, <laughs> They're getting really lazy Serena, with the parties. They, at least they usually get them days, party, but this is just party. It's just cool. Yeah, it's just a daytime party for the for the. I get it's not the rap party, right? Because there's no, still one more week still, of shooting, yeah, so left, I don't I don't know what's, whatever. Uh, it's the one week left of shooting party. <laughs> okay. So, Serena and Nate arrive to whatever party it is. They immediately find Marshall and brag to him about finishing the to do list. Marshall's like, "What? But no, that's impossible." And they're like, "Well, actually, where's Patrick Roberts?" And he's like, "Well, he's right outside." And so they leave. He deletes that item from the to do list, which is which is devious. Although. Obviously, the option is always on the table, which Serena does not do, but Marshall did not think this through because Serena always could have been like, yeah, sorry, I got a to-do list given to me by Marshall, and this was on the to-do list. Like, right. that is right. weird. And no one's going to not believe her because why would Serena lie about that? They're like, clearly not thought out. Well, I think later her boss kind of alludes to realizing that. She's like, and next time, if there's anything weird on your to-do list, uh, just run it by me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like she does know, but I, like I don't know. Like Marshall thought that Serena was gonna get got by this. Yeah, yeah, I hate the trope of like, well, I guess, you know, I'll pack my things and go. Of right. it's like, what Maybe are you talking about? Yeah. You know what? You can just explain it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Just say what happened. <laughs> actually, you did what you were told to do. So right. like, what, you're fine. This guy's obviously so, not on the Upper East Side. No, yeah. I think Serena was just uh, looking for an excuse to leave. But Maybe. then, obviously, she gets some more responsibilities, and, and she's down again. Um, <laughs> so quit. She was quiet quitting. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, you didn't hear? Yeah, sorry. I, I have to leave. I'm fired. You're like, no, no, no. No, Serena, how about some more responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> Serena and Nate are outside, and uh, it's time to pretend that Nate is someone else. Uh, Nate seems hesitant, but a girl comes up to him and asks if he's that guy from that movie. And Nate simply says yes, and she goes, I love that guy. Can we have your autograph? Which is insane. <laughs> but the uh, the girls have a lot of follow-up questions. And now Nate is doing the Chuck J Bass Jim Carrey strategy and just saying yes to everything. Uh, he tells uh, Among them, he tells these girls that this is his house. And then some uh, 45-year-old woman comes up to him and asks for a private tour. And Nate tells her, you guessed it, yes. I mean, <laughs> people just throw themselves at Nate. Yes, oh, they do, and come. I have a lot of questions about who this woman is, but we will <laughs> more on. Uh, She's more owner, on owner of the house. Go. What else is there owner, to know? Owner of the house. I, I don't know the rest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, um, Serena visits her old friend Patrick Roberts, who remember she had a fake relationship with in in season three, um, and oh. he seems excited to see. Did you forget about that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah okay. He so, was new to me. He that was in the Olivia Burke era. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you remember who Olivia Burke is? Yeah, Hillary, Hillary Duff. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So he seems excited to see his old friend Serena until Serena tries to give him his his weed and he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Serena's like, oh, production sent me for it. And he's like, oh, man, Mary Lou, Mary Lou said it was cool. And like, if I'm Serena at this point, I would be thinking something's up. But instead she's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Have fun. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Roberts' reaction should tell her that something is up. Yeah, well, it's too late now. Serena's not big on questioning anything. Nope, it was on the <laughs> list. Gotta complete it. List, she did it. So, Blair gets a call from Louis. He apologizes, tells her that something comes up. It's taking longer than anticipated. And Blair's like, no, no, you're standing me up for your mom again, which can't blame her for thinking that, obviously. Um, and she she basically, she's like, tell your mother congratulations. She won. And Blair is uh, understandably pissed because, as she points out, Louis doesn't, like, tell her what he's doing because I guess he can't because he's it doing that big like, favor for yeah. Dan. Yeah. I think she says that. She calls him out. I was like, you're being vaguer than vague, and uh, this is exactly what I expected. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yes. Um, so another thing about this uh, 45-year-old woman that, that Nate is uh, having intercourse with as a uh, 20, 20, 21-year-old, uh, she's also British, um, and she just keeps asking him questions. And th- this is this is pre-coitus, by the way. They're still walking. He's giving her the tour. Mm-hmm. And he, he just keeps saying yes. And, like... Nate is taking this yes-man strategy to a comical point. Like, with Chuck, <laughs> the spirit of the yes-man thing is to never turn anything down, always try new <laughs> things and everything. Nate thinks that he can only say yes to any question that's ever asked to him. She's like, is this painting, like, from this artist? Yes. Or is it from this artist? Yes. Like, he just and it's funny that the keeps... people that he's been talking to are only asking questions. They're not just, they're not saying things that are statements. Or, they're just only <laughs> <Yeah>. inquisitive. <laughs> they're, sentences. like, playing the question game with him. They just keep <laughs> asking him things. <laughs> Very convenient dialogue. <laughs> you know, what kind of a conversation is this? <laughs> Everyone just keeps asking Nate questions. He just keeps saying yes. And it's clearly working with this woman. And who I should point out is uh, certainly Nate's type. Because as we pointed out, she is decades older than him. An- another start to a season. Another older woman that Nate is having a fling with. It's, it's also absurd because I'm trying to picture what's going on in her head. She sees this guy talking to people and lying about this place being his house. And she proceeds to take him <laughs> upstairs and bang him in a room of his choice <laughs> i got it, it it was very like it happened very fast yeah, yeah. Well, that's and this scene, yeah we we do not find out but at this point i was because they find the what he thinks is the master bedroom and they go inside to destroy it as she says as nada gives another comical like yes face like to the camera <laughs> i was like like why is this woman so so down the clown right now <laughs> She must know who he is or something. I, I don't know. I well, have she no idea. Do, she, well, yeah, she has that weird phone call at the end uh-huh. of the the, uh, the episode that we'll get into. But mm-hmm. for now, Serena is chatting with our latest cameos, Jenny Lewis and Jonathan Rice. Uh, did either of you have any idea who these people were? No, but it was one of those no. scenes where it felt like I should maybe know who these people are, but I don't. Right. Who you can it? tell. I'm sorry. Go on. No, I just, I don't know who it is. Oh, it's just, you can tell it's a random cameo because it's shoehorned in here and they're not good actors, right. but um, they are apparently doing the score for her movie. Again, another random gospel cameo, but I was a fan of this one because I'm actually a big Jenny Lewis guy. Uh, she is famously the lead singer of Rilo Kiley, which uh, a band that I am uh, very fond of, but uh, these two, uh, Jonathan Rice and Jenny Lewis, had a, has a, had a music duo called Jenny and Johnny, which is very... Whoa. Uh, very close to a YouTube series that you that you, uh, <laughs> that you released, Brendan. Yeah, it's a great YouTube series. I, I won't tell you where to find it. <laughs> There's other videos I should be taking down. I keep forgetting to. 
Um, but a good old-fashioned 2009 skit made by a flip video camera back in the day. Yeah, so this is this is a different Jenny, wow. Jenny and Johnny. Yeah. Anyway, I think shout that, out to Jenny Lewis. A, She's what great. is that a spoof of? I think it was, it was a ripoff of some, like, all that sketch or something. I have no idea. Probably. I don't know. You would know better than I do. You you made the, Maybe, you made you know, the video. It's, it's just such a great original. <laughs> it's it's. I can I can hear I can feel people not <laughs> turning off the podcast right now. They, no, I think they're curious. They want to go look for Johnny and Jenny. The please, <laughs> the series. please do not. <laughs> that was at least that. okay. That, that one's all right. I, I think. The last thing we need is for them to find your YouTube page. <laughs> 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 she, so so uh, while while she's talking to Jenny Lewis and Jonathan Rice, she sees Marshall and Mary Lou freaking out about something. So Serena goes to see what's going on, and then. Mary Lou, played, of course, by uh, Jessica Camacho of All Rise fame. And All Rise really getting some mentions on our podcast recently. Uh, when? <laughs> Wilson Bethel was uh, in the OC the other week. Okay, great. As Brad. Yeah. Who's who of All Rise? Uh, a show that I'm sure that I'm the only person who watches. Yeah, I have no but idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Tying. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm going to tie it back. You're all going to be amazed. Okay, here we go. All Rise is a TV show that is on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Wow. Love Gail. <laughs> oh, my God. Nailed it. <laughs> Love Gail. Nailed it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, so so is, really... is Aaron Judge a big Oprah fan? Um, and, and why do you think this? Because that's his catchphrase. All rise. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Every time he hits a run, he, he says <laughs> into a microphone, all rise. Thank you for stretching this another element further. <laughs> I gotta, anyway. It's a big universe. Marshall can't imagine how Patrick got his hands on weed, so Mary Lou goes to investigate, and Serena and Marshall have a little stare down. Uh, it, like Serena obviously knows what is happening now. She should not have given Patrick that weed, but again, not she's not to blame. So um, Blair enters the loft. She's here to see Dan. She didn't know where else to go, uh, so she paid her, her buddy Dan a visit all the way in Brooklyn. And I am so happy that this show uh, hasn't forgotten about their mm -hmm. friendship. Imagine Blair just walking into your apartment dressed like that, just like in a beautiful dress, and like, you shouldn't be here. I, I'm, I would be immediately nervous. I dig her to the Hamptons, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, to you, whatever you want me to do, I will do for you. Uh, you're a goddess. Yeah, she says, uh, I wasn't going to come here. We haven't talked all summer, but you're the only person I know in New York right now, and I really need a friend. And, like... Blair's being so vulnerable right now. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be smitten. How could you not be? And then Dan tells her, of course he's still her friend, and asks what's going on. And she tells Dan that she's going to call off her engagement because she can't marry someone who won't stand up for her, not even to his own mother. And she goes on to say that when she ends it, she's going to need to get away. Um, doesn't she have class? I mean, I guess school hasn't started yet, but like, presumably class is coming oh, up, right? Oh, no, no. Do any of them have class? I don't think so anymore. I think their college is over. <laughs> They're still people. enrolled. They just don't ever go to class. The yeah. Nate strategy. I think they send to so, pay somebody to go take their courses for them. <laughs> so, uh, Blair wants to go to the Hamptons with Dan to Cece's house. And Dan is down. No questions asked. They're going to take his dad's car. She'll call Louis from there. And he says he'll be there with her for whatever she needs. But then we see Louis standing in the doorway. Uh-oh. Looking menacing. Uh, black. Yes. Wow. Uh, looking like he's going to kill her. Um, but first... Chuck and uh, the stunt lady are riding their bikes, and Chuck is, like, doing wheelies and stuff. Like, how did Chuck learn to do this? I, I get that he's doing it because he's not scared of anything anymore, but I don't understand how he has he the, the ability to do this. <laughs> Where did this come from? He spent all summer Chuck long. Chuck is not a motorcyclist. 
It is funny. Yeah, I'm imagining um, a, a much less cool scene of like a montage of him learning. And like the, f- <laughs> the first week of him trying to be on a motorcycle and he's like falling off. <laughs> like going five <laughs> miles per hour and wobbling and falling over. Yeah, yeah. Like that phase happened. We just don't get to yeah. see it. But like that yeah, we, phase definitely very happened. <laughs> yeah, where, where she like pushes him like he's on a bike and like, you're doing it. <laughs> he's got a motorcycle with training wheels on it. Look, mom, no hands. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he saying mom to? I don't know. <laughs> His locket. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> so Chuck speeds up again and then wipes out like off the bike. R.I.P. Chuck. Thought, thought there was going to be some injuries here, but there is. Not, I mean, I guess there is, as we see so later, but. Chuck is okay. There's no blood or anything. Somehow Chuck flew off his motorcycle while he was speeding down the road and nothing happened. Did Chuck become invincible over the summer? <laughs> I think yeah, really what's have. going on with he, the, the He just giant... jumped off a roof and then flew off a motorcycle and <laughs> is just walking. Like <laughs> He just gets up like nothing's wrong. Yes. He, she's like, are you okay? And he's like, do you see any blood? Like, no, but I am concerned how that's possible. So you might you might have some internal bleeding, right. which yes. is actually a lot worse. Yes. <laughs> so now Chuck wants some scotch. So he asks her if they should walk or if he should drive her on her bike. Like, what are they going to do with Chuck's bike? Just leave it on the road? Very interesting first date for this lady. So I'd be, I'd be yeah, pretty scared. Right. <laughs> yeah. She had no idea what she was getting into. And she was like, yeah, so I'm sensing something dark going on, going on with you. <laughs> That's somebody finally called that out. So she ends the date. She had no idea what she signed up for. And she tells Chuck, uh, good luck, Chuck, which another classic movie that Chuck's been watching. <laughs> 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. I looked it up. Good luck, Chuck has. Good for him. Now, now I'm imagining Chuck has to do a uh, Dane Cook impression. Do, <laughs> do people even know who Dane Cook is anymore? Kids don't, for sure. No way. I think, I think we're the last generation. He hasn't done anything recently besides marry a teenager, and that's been that's been what really. He's up to. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have new out. guys that do that now. They have new comedy guys that marry teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> that's a new trend. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, he's he's in a he's in a bit of a, a Nate British lady age difference relationship <laughs> of his own. But he's right a British now. lady. Yeah, he is for sure. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I think if he's doing <laughs> that impression, then I think it's okay to marry the teen. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck's doing a Dane Cook impression while Dane Cook's doing a Mrs. Doubtfire impression. It's all, it all makes this, sense. This podcast is becoming as cartoonish as this episode now. Yep, and I think that's I think what that's it deserves, yeah. to, to be, to be honest. Um, <laughs> speaking of the old British lady, not Mrs. Doubtfire, the one that Nate is post-coitus with, she, <laughs> they, they finish up and she like thanks him. Like The first thing we see is her saying, thank you. And Nate's like, Nate replies, my best friend was right. Saying yes makes everything better. Like, I don't know why that is such a funny thing to say. It sounds like something a seven-year-old it would really say. It really does. He, he is. I'm kind of mad we didn't get a, like a, a scene, like a montage of like a quick little sex scene of him going, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Gee, lady, my best friend was right. Saying yes makes everything better. <laughs> Ash Ketchum. <laughs> like, who says that? <laughs> He's a fool. <laughs> the lady tells Nate it's time to leave, and Nate, like, all smooth is like, well, since this is my house, shouldn't you be the one to leave? Which, in theory, he should just be saying yes. I mean, I guess he does, but... And then the old lady gives us a reveal and tells Nate, this is actually her house, and this is actually the smallest guest room. And, like, so 
She just wanted to fuck Nate for what? Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's Nate, but like, what? What? What's happening right now? I mean, at this point, all you can do is be like, "All right, I'll get, I'll get out of here. <laughs> See you around." <laughs> and then, like, I don't know who was writing the dialogue for this episode, but she asks Nate what his name is. He says Nate, and she goes, "That's a great name." <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Nate asks who she is, and she replies, "Done now." So she does not give Nate uh, her name as well. Yeah, so I wow. met this lady named Dunnow. That was a weird name. <laughs> what is that, Irish? <laughs> so Serena asks Marshall what the fuck is wrong with him. And Marshall tells Serena he knows that she was just trying to show him up. So, uh, you know, he couldn't have that. And Serena's like, well, why would you do something that could get me fired and also jeopardize the movie? And he's like, well, I didn't think you'd actually come through. I didn't think that anyone in L.A. would have a medicinal weed card that could help you out. Like, <laughs> Never doubt Evander Woods in to know someone that has weed connections. Like, if his plan was to have Serena tell Jane she couldn't finish the list, he probably should have added something that was actually impossible. Right. And not, like, find weed. Yeah, that, that, in a state where it's legal. <laughs> People have been finding weed for years before it was legal. And many guess, years. That still wouldn't work as, as a plan, like, for her to go up to her boss and be like, sorry, I couldn't finish the list. I couldn't find the weed. They'd be like, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> And then she'd be like, do you want more responsibility? <laughs> yeah, no matter what she said, she would get that reaction. And so he tells Serena that he needs this job more than her, which is objectively true. Yes. Serena getting this guy fired from his job so that she can just play make-believe again until she gets tired of working and quits is a bad look. Like, even if this guy is a dick who sucks at his job, like, Serena is... This is his is, job. Yeah, it's, it is it's his, his life. Yes. And he says, he's like, I have student loans, rent, a car lease, and I can't afford to get fired. And then Serena hilariously replies, and I can. And he's like, <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Of course you can, Serena. Like, was... Marshall points out that she, she could take one lap around the party and get two, ten new job offers. And he's right. But even if she got none, she is a billionaire. Did Serena forget that she is a billionaire? She definitely did. I mean, it was funny. During his whole speech, I was waiting for myself to go like, uh, boo-hoo, buddy. Just fucking shut up. But as he went further and further and further, I'm like, wait, this, this guy is just straight up right. And he's calling her out. And she looks a little <laughs> this guy silly. needs a job. Yeah. <laughs> this guy needs a job. And this this billionaire is falling face backwards, ass backwards into it for no reason. Yeah, That's Serena. That is Serena. And so Marshall reminds Serena that she wasn't even looking for this job when she found it. And also she's supposed to start college again in two weeks. So like if she goes back to college, she's not going to be able to continue the job. And he's like, are you going to look back on this job as anything more than that job you did that one summer? And I hate to keep giving this douchebag mm -hmm. credit, but like his points are valid. He should like, he should work on being better at his job. But like he is correct, I think. Right. I'm pretty sure her degree at this point he also is. has nothing to do with TV or film. Yeah, why is she doing this? I was so confused, but I, whatever. Because David O. Russell she, saw something in her because she read a book. Ah. Uh, Wait, yeah. oh, you've read, read this book? <laughs> Come work for me. <laughs> so uh, Serena stops Marilou, tells her that she was the one who gave Patrick the pot, and he only took it because she told him production allowed it. And she explains that someone played a joke on her, and if she wasn't so intent on proving her worth, she wouldn't have fallen for it. But I did. Sorry. And then she tells Patrick uh, to tell... Jane that she'll clear out her desk in the morning um and you know I, I also hate giving Serena credit but I get I guess this was a good speech like she does take the blame for it so that Marshall doesn't lose his job and then she like makes herself sound good and like probably made Marshall feel bad for it at the same time and she even apologizes yeah she sounds like a professional 
sort of. That's good good work, Serena. I thought you were going to say a professional something. It was just a professional. It's just a professional. Like she's she's yeah, okay. worked before. She has a couple times. Yeah, until she gets she bored. Bad finally about taking his job. Yeah, I, I, she must have, and you know, good for her. She finally, like, as Chuck will point out, she's taking some accountability. And um, back to Blair, though, she is confused. Uh, she asks Louis if he's following her, and she's like, "Well, you know, it's better that you are now. I can do this in person." And Dan explains to Blair that Louis isn't here for her. So Blair's like, "What the hell is going on? You guys have never spoken to each other in your lives." And uh, Louis did not meet her tonight because he was helping Dan. Like, okay, Louis bailed on her because he was helping Dan. Is what Dan is trying to tell her, and uh, Dan was just going to go to the Hamptons with Blair and let her, I mean, and she's going to be pissed at him for this, rightfully so, but uh -huh. Dan was going to go to the Hamptons with Blair, let her think that Louis stood her up for his mom. Like, that's devious. And, I mean, to be fair, when you have Blair Waldorf at your door saying, please take me to the Hamptons, I guess you just listen. Like, you just kind of yeah. have to listen. And but, I, don't, I don't think Blair fully explained everything that was going on. She just said, like, oh, he just won't stand up to my mom, which sounds like a separate issue than him standing her up tonight. He didn't necessarily know that she was, he was, she was being stood up because of him. Although the, the, the episode wants us to believe that's what happened, so whatever. They didn't really word the scene correctly. Um, <laughs> you are giving Dan uh, the benefit of the doubt here. It seems. I am. I am. But I also, so take the episode for what it is. I agree with you. If Dan did realize that uh, it was his fault that Blair's being stood up and he was going to just let it go, I can't blame him for that either. <laughs> He's in the right either way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Blair asked Dan what he was helping her with, and Dan tells her that last spring he wrote a story about her, and due to a series of unfortunate events, that story was going to be published until Dan asked Louis to help kill the story so it wouldn't embarrass her. And that's exactly what he did. So Dan tells Blair that Louis really is her prince. Uh, it may not be standing up to his mother, but it was protecting you against the world. And he tries to explain to Blair that he never thought anyone would read it, but um, Blair is more concerned that Dan almost let her walk away from everything tonight when he knew exactly where Louis was and what he was doing. And like, yeah... Dan really think he was going to get away with this? Like, I would have loved to hear Dan explain to Louie if he, like, actually did run away with Blair after Louis <laughs> just did him this huge like, favor fuck, of man? killing the story. It, it would have <laughs> like, seemed like this big Louis, plan. Louis does this whole story, does this whole favor for him, and then Blair, and then Dan runs off with it with his fiance. <laughs> like, how does he explain that to him? It would have been pretty devious. And and then and then he would have the power to like call Vanity Fair back and be like, yeah, publish the story. <laughs> this <is> really <laughs> get everything he needs. Yeah. Yeah, like that's not the person that you betray. That's a good plan. Yeah, it's so great. Like, that's some shit that Dan, Jenny would do. And thought zero steps ahead. With, yes, then zero steps ahead. Is there we go. Yeah. Yeah, why yeah, there why this is what the episode? Like there Blair has Dan. And he says yes, and then zero. There's upset thinking because, like, this can't work. It's as soon as they're like on the road, like Louis shows up to the empty loft, and he's like, "Wee oui, wee, oui, where did where did they go?" So, <laughs> anyway, he so really he really was like thinking zero steps ahead because like, as soon as she comes in, he's like, "Oh shit, this could be an opportunity for me to like to be with Blair." And then as soon as Louis walks in, he's like, "Oh right, I forgot. I was trying to like be nice to Blair. I totally forgot." I was so close. Oh, you know what? Impermanence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. We can go to the Hamptons, but we have to leave now. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> hurry, let's hurry. Go. Let's go. So Blair asks Dan why on earth he would do that. What possible reason could he have? And Gossip Girl voiceovers and reminds us about those three words that don't come out right when no one wants to hear them. So uh, poor Dan. Uh, we, we are now in the point of the show where everyone is just in love with Blair. Uh, Chuck seems to still be in love with Blair, even though he's claiming that he isn't. Louis is obviously in love with Blair. They're, Gossip Girl is telling us that Dan is in love with Blair. Like, at least that's one thing the show understands, that everyone should be in love with Blair. Yes. This is the, uh, we're still in the era of the love rhombus. 
Yes. Uh, pl- pl- plenty of love, Rambai. And honestly, th- this makes Vanessa's stunt even worse. Like, if there was something in the story that, like, either reveals Dan's feelings for Blair or, like, something that Blair and Dan did, like, if, like, reveals that they had whatever relations that they had with each other that people probably shouldn't know, then, like, Vanessa is just such a terrible friend for no reason. Right. So, so Blair here is asking Dan why he would do this, and we're supposed to believe that he loves her. Uh, Blair is saying this as if she has no idea why he would ever do this, which to me is more evidence that the two of them never slept together, because at this point, she's just like, oh, yeah, we've always just been friends. We kissed the one time, that was about it. There's so much that is unclear about this story. I... I've seen this show and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I will continue to not, no matter how many times I watch the show, <laughs> I will continue to have no idea what's going on. Um, Serena, Nate, and Chuck are back on the yacht and Serena thinks that Chuck advice failed them. But Chuck points out Serena accepted responsibility without hesitation for the first time in her life. And Nate had more fun not being him than he ever has actually being him, which means you now know that you need to change. Like Chuck Bass has gone like full <laughs> Wizard of Oz now. He's like, he's He's like, the gifts were all inside you this whole time. Chuck, yeah. you now know that you have to be a real person. Uh, Serena, you always had a brain. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> it was just deep, deep, deep in there. <laughs> it's it's like, kind of rude so to Nate that, like, yeah, the, the fake version of yourself that was just, like, a bullshit one-line <laughs> guy, which is way better than the actual version of yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, is Chuck, like, giving them advice or just, like, reading them for filth right now? She's like, <laughs> like, Serena, for once in your life, you took accountability, and Nate, you realize that your fake version is a lot better than the real version, and you need to change your personality right now. Right, you need an <laughs> even smaller vocabulary than you already have, <laughs> and you're way better off. <laughs> And so, and then he he, uh, also has a reveal of his own. He says, you guys have to start being responsible for ourselves instead of being responsible for others. As he shows them that he has the save the date for the wedding and he knew. And Chuck tells Nate that he is fine letting Blair marry another man because they have let each other go. So he tells Nate to stop doing stuff like this and start focusing on yourself. Again, is he he helping them or or just like insulting them? Look at me. I'm doing so well mentally. I am bleeding internally right now, but that is besides the point. <laughs> I'm about to go check, it, go inside and check on it by poking it. <laughs> yep my my stomach's still here. <laughs> yep my uh, my kidneys are in the front now. They're all twisted up as <laughs> just as I thought. Chuck tells Serena that she knows there's a world out there that she wants to be a part of. And Serena asks Chuck if he's considered writing a book. And that's when he says, people like me don't write books. We're written about. And then that's when uh, Nate, of course, says, people like me don't read books because we can't read. (laughs) Goes for high fives to Serena. She just doesn't give them. (laughs) I love Gail, though. (laughs) Love Gail. Remember that thing we were doing, Serena? Come on. (laughs) A, B, C, D, E, F. (laughs) Nate and Serena are going to go. Nate's got a... Nate can't find his phone, and Serena's like, I'm going to go clear out my desk. And But Chuck is going to stay on the yacht in his genius. He's really high on himself right now. But <laughs> um, before they go, the three of them share a very cute group hug, complete with like Nate's mouth being up to Chuck's ear saying, don't be shy, don't be shy. Like <laughs> I've never seen this kind of affection between the three of them. It was like the cutest thing I've ever seen yeah. on the show. They're trying to make us believe that th- these three are true best friends that have always been so happy and <laughs> joyous this entire series <laughs> it was really strange what has gotten into them in la uh, that, the reefers legal, in the I air man 
<laughs> oh, like it was just so out of character to be like Chuck is like smiling. He's like too close, too close, and he's like, "Don't be shy!" Like, and they're like giggling. Like, these are not the characters we have watched for four seasons <laughs> no, of this show. Not at all. <laughs> I thought they were gonna start tickling each other. <laughs> Chuck just goes tickle party. <laughs> <laughs> so. Eleanor pays Blair a visit. Uh, she didn't want to say anything in front of Louis, but she did find something in the pantry, and it is the book What to Expect When You're Expecting. And I'm sure everyone noticed uh, <coughs> Dorota's eyes getting very wide here. So she comes rushing in, says that she's the one who needs to confess. Baby number two is on the way. And Brendan, I believe you called it at the end of season four that Dorota was the one who was going to be pregnant. And, uh, you know, we'll get into the conspiracy theory mm-hmm. here, but uh, – I mean, as far as Dorota is saying, she is pregnant, so your prediction would be correct. As of now, yeah, but this episode made me believe that that's not true. Just because Dorota seems so worried about anyone other than herself. Right, and so Dorota's ecstatic that the news is out there, also that Gossip Girl's talking about her. She feels so special. And we find out uh, from the seamstress later that Blair actually is pregnant, so uh, I guess... uh, great uh you know friendship move from Dorota here like outing her either fake or real pregnancy so that Blair doesn't have to it's it's unclear if if she knew about it or if that book is even Blair's but like that that is how I was reading it that uh Dorota is covering for Blair yeah it's just like it's really sad if she is covering for Blair because now they all think she's pregnant and then you at some point have to lie about something else if it doesn't happen I hope she just comes clean and says I was covering for Blair like I yeah, hope that, I, that is the route she ends up my, it, it, my god they stage a whole <laughs> I do like the idea that um, Blair or whoever like I'm as I kind of read it as well as uh, Dorota was covering up for Blair but I like the implication that you find out that you're pregnant and you immediately buy what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> also weird because she already had a baby. So <laughs> right, oh, right, yeah. That is true, yeah. What, what do you, yeah, I never I never read it the first time. So <laughs> I figured I might as well It's the sequel, is <laughs> part two. So uh, Dorota and Eleanor and Blair also share a group hug. Unfortunately, Eleanor doesn't do any whispering in Dorota's ears. Uh, you know, don't be shy, don't be shy. That been, <laughs> that uh, I love that gal. <laughs> so uh, the british woman who we don't know the name who is known only as uh done now or whatever she said <laughs> uh, she is on the phone and we don't know who she's talking to but she says she had no idea she was going to see him out here she thought she wasn't going to run into him until new york which are you kidding not only is nate starting the season with another older woman He's starting the season off with another older woman who has some kind of ulterior motive. How does this keep happening? <laughs> Nate is like the ultimate mark for any older woman grifter. <laughs> it really is true. Uh, Every single season we start with Nate is with an older woman, but the older woman is not who she seems. She's pl- pulling one over on the Nate. The poor guy. Like, every, he's got no chance. Every single season. I guess at this point he so should sad. maybe be skeptical. If it is the end of summer, Nate should be wary for older women. And really <laughs> watch out for the cougars and the prowl men. Who he is sleeping with. <laughs> Just stop. If it's the end of August, stop sleeping with anyone, whether, whether they're older or younger. They're out to yeah, get you, Nate. Be, be celibate for all, <laughs> end of summer, always. Like Septem- all these older women no have, this, have this Facebook group chat where they're like, it's the end of August. Let's get, <laughs> let's let's get, get Nate for all he's worth. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so she tells the person on the phone uh, she has a feeling she's going to see him again as Nate walks outside and uh, Nate's here to pick up his phone. These characters are so nonchalant about losing their phones. Like I would be freaking out. Like Nate waits for the next day to find his phone. 2011. I, I wonder if we're getting it's getting modern enough where it would be alarming for me. But I still I think 2011 Maybe. is still okay for you to lose your phone. All right, all right. You've convinced me. Yeah. Eleventh grade. So Nate right? is also BlackBerry. I think you'd be pretty upset though. Oh, I'd be pissed if I lost my BlackBerry. Yeah. EBM. Ah, oh, gotta bring it back. <laughs> I'm getting a BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Nate is also here to apologize to this woman for pretending to be someone else. Uh, he explains he only did it because he is just realizing that he doesn't know who he is. And he tells her that he had a lot of fun with her regardless. And she tells him that, who knows, maybe they'll see each other around sometime. So, okay, what is this woman's agenda? Do you have any idea have or no, prediction, Brendan? There's no way to know. What is she going to do to him? <laughs> it literally could be anything. I don't think the writers know yet. And it, it seems like she's <laughs> wealthy, so she doesn't need his money. I don't know. Yeah, she has a she has a huge house. I mean, she's she got was, LA money. She doesn't have New York money. Why were they at a party at this woman's house? I guess I didn't really think of that. We, we don't know what her relation is to the movie, if any. Right? Why? Why? What is? No one explained anything. Whatever. And I don't expect it to ever be explained. So what? Whatever. You Let's know what? Just she doesn't even make it to the next episode. She's not in the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, they they just dropped this entirely. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Serena talks to producer Jane, and uh, Jane has a whole new list of things for Serena to do. She's like, I got more for you, kid. And Serena's like, oh, you you didn't hear. And she's like, no, I heard. Mary Lou told me. And she's like, Beautiful in the Dan wrap next week, but I want to know, do you want to continue working for me? You'll be the first one to arrive every morning, the last one to leave every night. Which, wow, what a, what a deal. Like, why is Serena doing this? She doesn't need to do work these hours. But she's like, yes, of course. And again, why does this lady love Serena so much? Does she have an ulterior motive as well? Maybe. Uh, it seems like she just really likes her. I, Serena, again, just, just the workhorse of the show, apparently. she <laughs> Nobody works harder than Serena. No. She's like, I need someone with your dedication and fire. I don't know. How, if Although, I, honestly, uh, I, from her perspective, I don't know if I could work that hard knowing I have every bit of money I'd ever need for my entire life. Right. It, it, it has to be something I really like. like. What, what is she? She's going to do this for two weeks and then be like, Maybe I'll go back to college. I mean, this yeah, bored. See yeah. ya. <laughs> After Marshall's already been fired, she's <laughs> she's gonna quit. All right, I'm done. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Serena tells producer Jane that she would love to work with her. So I guess uh, as of now, Serena is not going back to Columbia. As of now, I mean, that's kind of like Serena, also just very yeah. iffy about school in general. And then she'll just go to Brown next semester. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? She's accepted everywhere. Uh, Rufus returns to the loft. What has he been up to? Who knows? What has Lily been up to? Uh, apparently, uh, another meeting with the decorators. Like, no Lily in this episode again. Rufus is like, yeah, she's meeting with the decorators. And then he's like, I told Andy Cohen that he should make a show called Real House Arrest of New York. Um, is Rufus making a bad joke, or is he boys with ha Andy Cohen? I think he's making a bad joke, but I didn't really get it. Yeah, it's not a good joke, because, real like, he's making a play on Real Housewives of New York, but... Uh -huh. Instead, he's saying real house arrests of New York. Mm. <laughs> I think that says it all. Gabby's. So now mm. that we get it, I, I guess, we, pause for laughs. <laughs> yep. And then also, Dan's like, Dan has Rufus to help like sort through some mail, which apparently is a thing. Um, and Rufus is like, yeah, sure, I've got some time to kill before the 9-11 10th anniversary album launch. Which, huh? That's a lot of numbers, you just said, Rufus. <laughs> the 9-11 10th anniversary album launch? What album? Are you guys celebrating? What are you talking about? Oh, I think it was a I thought it was a joke of like, yeah, this seem this is like not fun. 
Like this. Okay, is... well then clock that up to another joke of two in a row. That I, did, that I did not do in a row. He's on fire, baby. <laughs> Maybe this show needs a laugh track because clearly I am not. I am not understanding when I'm supposed to. Because be uh, uh, other, otherwise, it is true. It's got to be a joke because then he's saying that they came out with an album on 9/11 at their release. That's a really unfortunate time for them to have like their album release. I mean, yeah. Talk to Mariah Carey about that. <laughs> oh, really? Is that, is that what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> yep. Tanked her so, career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one ever heard of Mariah Carey since. Um, so. <laughs> Rufus tells Dan that his story was amazing. He's just confused because he was expecting something negative about Blair. When is Rufus going to catch on? I'm just so confused. I thought you and Blair hated each I, other. Uh, what, what's going on? We've had on this conversation ten it, times, Dad. But it's quite the opposite. It actually sounds pretty nice. And Rufus really isn't the, bright, the brightest. <laughs> so, and then Dan's like, did you make it to the end? Which, if this is like him and Blair hooking up, like, why is he telling his dad, like, you make it to the end? And Rufus is like, did that actually happen? It was a very it was the very end of the book, the like them fucking. Like he finishes the book that in bed with her. Is it a book? Is it a chapter? Right. It, <laughs> what do you mean and did you make it to the end? Like he read it and he why is why is Rufus surprised that only that part would be true? Like what is going on? And then, and what even happened at the end? Like what are they talking about? So Dan just needs to make sure that the book the story came from never sees the light of day. <laughs> this is a book that this particular story... So now the story's squashed. Now he's got to get rid of the book. He's got a lot to do. Of course. And then once the book is gone, he has to get rid of whatever... he's got to throw her out. <laughs> he has to get rid of the series. I'm just, hoping, <laughs> I'm just hoping that they don't publish the series that this book is a larger part of. Right. I, I, mean, <laughs> I hope they don't post the rest of this anthology. So he got the thing canceled from the one Vanity Fair article, and he seems to have no power to, like... Like call right. them. Uh, he has to ask the French prince, the <laughs> Monaco the prince, to call Vanity Fair be... to cancel one chapter of a book that that was sold without his consent. Yeah. Every week, I, the Vanity Fair is just going to continue publishing articles, and every week it's going to be like, "Oui, oui, it's me, me, Louis. I am getting sick of calling you to cancel yet another yet another story." Ten. <laughs> dollars for a book i i don't really know but it seems like not enough like that's no, not yeah. a lot of money i was yeah, assuming that's like the either, first but... payment of some to come as sales happen. i think vanessa kept the rest yeah i mean that's kind of what we did. Right, <laughs> it, go, it, it goes to vanessa anyway but then it's like there's no contract they're sending it to some random person in and barcelona and I'll keep... it's just a regular I'll ass check in like a regular <laughs> envelope too a normal check, like hand, handwritten normal check, and then oh my god, and then sending a chapter of it for advanced release in Vanity Fair. What is the strategy behind this book? And of course, Vanessa going to keep the little finder's fee for herself. And so, <laughs> oh my god. And, and so uh, again, Dan is hoping that Vanessa only leaked the one chapter since that all Vanity Fair had. And then Dan gets a letter from Barcelona, and it's a check for 10k from Vanessa with a note saying, "Congrats on the first novel." Which is this a whatever? Which and also fuck you, Vanessa. <laughs> at least she's giving Dan some money, at least that he is owed. But Vanessa probably feels so high on herself right now yeah, in really Barcelona, so even though she's, so she's not here. Just you're to like, brag. congrats on your congrats on your first novel. I just did such a good thing for Dan. Like fuck you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that makes sense because I forgot that the ten thousand. So they gave her more than ten thousand, and she sent him ten thousand. Maybe I don't know. We we don't know how much how much money Vanessa's sitting on. It's 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 unclear but uh 
when she had the initial pitch meeting, she was like, just send me the money and I'll send it to the author. And they were just like, okay, no, no question. No, no more questions. All right. <laughs> so uh, Chuck and Nate are in front of a limo. They ask Serena if she's ready to go, but Serena is not coming because Jane offered her a job. She's like, I'm not coming. Guess why? And they're like, uh, I don't fucking know. Tell us. And so, and she's like, Jane offered me a job. And Chuck asked what she said. And, um, well, Serena's not coming, so you can probably infer that she said yes. And now Chuck has a bottle of champagne at the ready and asks Serena if she can make an exception to her L.A. lifestyle. And Serena's like, of course I can. I'm not pregnant. And so she, they pop the bottle open, and we see Chuck smile again. For someone who is so dark and needs help, like, he has smiled more this episode than I've ever seen before. Yeah, I guess he's trying to convince himself that he's happy and fine, but yeah, smiles don't look bad on him. Oh, yeah. So the champagne explodes everywhere and gets all over Chuck's shirt, so he has to go change in the dressing room, and he takes off his shirt, and we see this huge fucking bruise like that takes up the entirety of his side, and he's like pressing down on it, so yeah, I guess he's injured. Like After jumping off a roof and falling off a bike, I guess there is going to be some internal bleeding that goes on, and Chuck is just looking at it in the mirror. At first, I thought it he was just checking on it, and then I think I, re- yeah. I realized that he actually liked the the pain of pushing pushing on. It. I think Nicole pointed that out. She's like, uh, I, "I guess he's like a not just an adrenaline junkie, but like a, he likes pain now." I guess this is a new he character sh- trait. Should have he should have looked at the camera and been like, "I like this now. <laughs> 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 this is what I do now." <laughs> <laughs> he basically did. Cannot stress enough, though, how bad internal bleeding is. It's really an emergency. <laughs> this episode is a whole PSA for internal bleeding. It's, maybe, it's worse than external <laughs> bleeding, internal bleeding. Yeah. Is. If you spill champagne on your shirt and you take it off and you look in the mirror and your side looks like that. You might be a redneck. <laughs> Don't. You might be a redneck. <laughs> if, you, if you spill champagne on your shirt and you take it off and you see internal bleeding on your side, you might be a redneck. <laughs> It works. <laughs> really curious if this is going to be rel- relevant later. Like, is he injured, or is it just like, like you guys said, just a a personality personality quirk? Yeah, a little like <laughs> they're like show, not tell. He's a freak who likes reading. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Blair is in her ancient dress, and Eleanor and Princess Sophie are here. And Princess Sophie tells Blair she looks beautiful, and Eleanor's just like. Of course she does, which love her, love good mom Eleanor. And Louis finally grows a pair and tells her his mom that Blair isn't carrying her stupid flowers as he gives her some peonies, uh, but he's not done. He tells mother that there's some things they need to talk about as well, much to Blair's delight. And so that is a wrap on that storyline, I guess. Uh, Louis magically stood up to his mom. And <laughs> then whenever he leaves, the seamstress asks Blair if they know how far along you are. And she tells Blair that she can tell she's about six weeks along. And so... Blair denies being pregnant. She's like, okay, you can lie to me, but like, you're going to be showing by the time you get married, which is she like the wedding's what? Three months away. Yeah. So I, I think she would be, I guess you'd show a little bit. Cause the dress is especially because she's a small yeah, person. Yeah. What so, kind of superpowers? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I can always tell. Yes. Yeah, six, six weeks. You don't even know. Like, it's like giving Republican, honestly. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? I hear you can si- tell I, I'm pregnant at six. I hear weeks. six weeks, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> she's like, that's she's like, by my estimation, uh, <laughs> by my estimation, you're about six weeks. So you know what you can't do anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess you'll be having this baby, won't you, Blair? <laughs> Excuse me, you're my seamstress. Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Blair is pregnant. Is it Dan's? Is this what we've been hinting at all episode? Uh, what, what do you think? I don't know. Um, 
I guess there's no reason for the seamstress to say anything unless she does have this weird sense for six-week-old fetuses, <laughs> fetai. Um, unless she heard a conversation. Like, you know, I guess they, they must have... Everybody, everybody that works there lives there or something. I don't know. There's something in the walls that she heard. Uh, she's <laughs> she's got an inkling. I think about it's just Blair. like going mad. And I, don't know. I, I still I don't, I don't believe. I don't it's know. Everybody, everybody who works there lives there. I don't know. She's pregnant with everybody. <laughs> I well, as some somebody who's, it's Blair. I, I've only seen um you know uh, the end of season four and the beginning of season five, but I feel like my guess is that it's Chucks. Okay, mm. I love it. Um, I just feel like this is a I twist mean, coming still. Like I, I, that, it, letting us know who it is is a twist enough, but I still think there's more to the twist than just like uh, it's someone crazy who gave her the baby. Well, yeah, it's definitely think. the it's definitely what the cliffhanger is. But me as a person with no information, I'm gonna guess that it's Chuck. Okay. All right. I love. We have the your official prediction is on the record. Yeah, because that's true. Because the um, Dan wants to. They're trying to point us to Dan. It's too obvious. Yeah. Well, we would just be boring. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, great. They're married and have a baby. <laughs> we. Um, so, one more scene here. I hope you didn't forget about Ivy, or as uh, she used I to did, be known I as I did forget Charlie. about Ivy until this. <laughs> yes. She is in a diner, blowing out a candle, celebrating the one month anniversary of her move with her, I guess, boyfriend. And the boyfriend gives us some uh, not clunky at all exposition, where he's like, what's crazy is if your uncle hadn't left you that tiny bit of money, we never would have left Miami. Which, okay, thanks for explaining why you guys are in this situation. And <laughs> Didn't need that at all. <laughs> Ivy's manager tells her to stop talking to her boyfriend and get to work. And they both work at this crappy diner. The boyfriend tells her not to get fired because they need to ca the cash. So, obviously, she is... a. Uh, not living as the wealthy Charlie Rhodes anymore. And then you see that Serena just happens to be in this diner and yells, Charlie. I mean, in a small city like fucking Los Angeles, they were bound <laughs> to run into each other eventually, I guess. <laughs> so Charlie drops her apron so Serena doesn't see her working here. And she asks Serena what she's doing here. Uh, Serena's so excited to see her, gives her a big hug and asks what she's doing here. And then Ivy's manager name checks her twice. She's like, Ivy, Ivy, your shift. And Ivy looks at her like she's crazy, and then Serena's like, oh, that was weird. Let's get out of here. Which, again, Serena thinks nothing of this. She just leads with Ivy. Serena, again, not big on questioning anything this season. If someone <laughs> very confidently looked at this person and was like, Ivy, let's go. Get back to your shift. I would be like, what is that? But I guess uh, Ivy is just able to play it off. You know, be a better <laughs> plot would be uh, if Dan and then Charlie actually did have sex and she was pregnant. Oh, you want everyone to be pregnant. Yeah, I kind of want everyone to be, to be pregnant. All, all the ladies on the show should be pregnant at the same time. <laughs> now, remember, Ivy slash Charlie was promoted to main cast this season, so you I knew he'd be seeing more yes. of her. This, uh, this should be fun. I, uh, like I said, love this character, even though she is uh, could be polarizing. I'm excited for her. Good for her. That's our episode. So, uh, you know, what happens next? Who impregnated Blair? What's going on with Chuck? How will Ivy fit into all this? Any uh, Any predictions? I still think Blair's not pregnant. Uh, I don't know who is, but it's not Blair. <laughs> Chuck did give whoever that person is <laughs> the baby. Um, I want to see more Lily. Where's Lily at? Well, yeah, we all want to see more Lily. Yeah, um, I'm, but I'm excited Gabby, to get any... into Charlie stuff or Ivy stuff. Of course. Any uh, any predictions, Gabby? Besides the, uh, you already had your big uh, swing at uh, Chuck is the father. Do you have anything else that you want to uh, predict? Uh, 
No. Yeah, I, I can't tell where this is going at all. <laughs> That's fair. Because, yeah, like I said, the writers also don't know where this is going, so <laughs> not much to predict here. Um, Obviously, something wild is going to happen with oh, yeah. coming prediction. back. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, since you watched the season four finale, you know that, uh, or I would assume you were able to pick up that uh, this girl is was pretending to be someone named Charlie Rhodes, who is Serena's cousin, yeah. and the whole family thought she was related to them as the cousin slash niece and everything, but then it turns out she's not related to them at all. She's just Ivy, and she's uh, playing a part hired by Aunt Carol. Yeah, I I it's got that. I, I don't know crazy. who Aunt Carol is or how none of them know <laughs> this fake, or how she got connected or why she's just like living poorly in L.A. now. Like, I don't get it, but, but hey, I it's love crazy. Love this t- twist. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some segments here. User review of the week. Again, I went to the Gossip Girl wiki, and I got to tell you, the girls are fighting. Prince Louis may be engaged, but it is still the chair shippers and the dare shippers fighting each other. They are at each other's throats. And this all happened on October 1st, 2011, this whole argument. Fandom user commented, no, and can't love Blair, chair forever. And then <laughs> someone replied in all caps the next day, Oh, October 2nd, 2011. So we are at the 12-year anniversary Uh-oh. of this comment. <laughs> very, very timely. Nice. So they replied, Shut the fuck up, you neurotic whore. Dare our soulmates, and they're going to get married oh and have God. lots of kids. Yeah. <laughs> 50 Tell points. And someone else jumps in and says, Gee, oh, I, uh, <laughs> I lost it. I, sorry, that flustered me so much. Someone else responded, She has the right to her own opinion. If you don't like what she has to say, then don't insult her. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> And then one final uh, reply here, and they say, uh, "Contributor, please do not insult Chair fans just because there's a fa- just because they're a fan of Chair." Um, I'll be honest; I way prefer Chair. They are soulmates, in my opinion, and they are the best couple of Gossip Girl. But I don't go around insulting Dare fans. And so, like, <laughs> these I are said, stupid Dare conversations. Chair- they need to stop saying Chair and Dare because <laughs> they're terrible ship names yeah. as well. <laughs> what was the th- chair? Is something that t- to be sat on and farted upon? Or dare is a- <laughs> Dare, Dare. There is a great risk that you take. (laughs) That's a good user review. Oh, my God. Next week, the episode title is Beauty and the Feast. Brendan, do you have any predictions based on the episode title? Uh, Big, big uh, feast. (laughs) (laughs) The little preview says, Diana has an exciting prospect for Nate. Oh, Diana DeGarmo? Yeah, runner-up of season three of American <laughs> Idol. And she was in Hairspray when we saw it yeah, when we were in, yeah. uh, when we were in we sixth grade. <laughs> Classic Diana DeGarmo <laughs> shout-out. Just as random as Gail. <laughs> you know who I like, too? Diana DeGarmo. I really <laughs> she should have beaten Fantasia. <laughs> Me, too, Nate. Me, too. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway... <laughs> let's grade the episode uh brendan you probably went first last week so i'll go first this week and i i have no idea gossip girl has historically had some trouble with season premieres and this is another weird one but i don't even know how to grade these and i think this will be the point like moving forward because i I think i may need to start curving again because this certainly isn't a good episode but did i enjoy myself watching it like kind of the, the Blair storyline might actually be the weakest for me, which is out of the ordinary. Like, her wedding struggles with Louie, like, don't interest me. Uh, they're also kind of frustrating. It gets better when Dan gets involved, uh, but there's just not enough there. And then Chuck and Nate both have funny storylines, but they're insane. They're cartoon characters at this point, and I don't know how to grade that. And 
uh, Serena trying to make it in the movie business or whatever. I could also take her leave. Um, cliffhangers are fun though, like between Chuck, Blair's pregnancy, and Ivy. Uh, it just felt like a weird episode, and I was really confused as to what we were doing sometimes. But I did laugh enough, so I will say it's above average. I, I I'm just gonna give it a C plus and call it a day. Uh, Brendan, what do you want to grade the episode? Yeah, it is tough. It's it's weird because I, I can't get these great grades because they're not good. But I, I was in the same boat as you where I was enjoying this. And it was sort of for the reasons I was hoping I would enjoy season five because you had been hyping up how bad the season was for years and years <laughs> now. And I was hoping the version of bad would be a good version of a show for podcasting. And that's kind of exactly where we landed. Uh, so this gives me hope for season five, honestly. Uh, this is maybe not even one of the worst season premieres we've had. So Oh, yeah. I, I think I, season two still takes that. Yeah. That was just a boring episode. Yeah, I, I might give this one... Uh, an above average grade as well and go even higher and go B minus. Okay. So uh, ballpark buds over here. Uh, Gabby, what grade are you going to give the episode? All right. Uh, I can't believe that this is a season premiere. <laughs> Nothing like barely anything feels set up. I know you mentioned a couple cliffhangers, but like no huge, um, you know, obstacles are introduced or, or like there's, there's, not a lot of tension in this episode. Chuck says and yes, and I, he likes pain now. What more, what more <laughs> could you want? Like, there's random, random storylines, random women. Like, it's it. it <laughs> I have I, I have no idea what to expect from this season watching a premiere, which to me makes it a horrible premiere. Because, like, I have no idea what any of the stakes are, like, what, who at anybody's motivations are. What, like, what are we doing? I'm going to give it, uh, I'll just copy Maddie and give it a C+. <laughs> All right. You we would think that you, you were coming on for a great episode for yourself that needed some catch up, and it was not. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need a lot of context, and I was like, I guess not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. MVP of the episode. I'm giving it to Chuck. He just made me laugh this episode. His commitment to the Yes Man bit is so ridiculous. He's jumping off of buildings. He's riding motorcycles. He's giving his friends wise sage advice and helping him out in their lives. He also smiles more in this episode than perhaps the rest of the series combined. Uh, yes, he is suffering from internal bleeding, but uh, besides that, he's living his best life. So There we go. Until, until he dies from the internal bleeding, he's living his best life. So I'm going to give it to, to Chuck. Start, starting off season five, right? Uh, Brendan, who's your MVP? Uh, my first season five MVP is going to Dorota. It's been a while. She's nice. gotten some good action this episode. She covers for her girl Blair after taking a bunch of shit from her. Um, she's just the best version of Dorota. Good, great eye rolls, too. Yep. Good Good call. Good call. Uh, Gabby, who's your MVP? Choose Nate. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he's just been a doofus and, <laughs> you know, that's fine. And, I, and I'm preemptively feeling bad for whatever's about to happy, happen to him. Yes. So, Dorota and the Yes Men get MVPs this week. <laughs> now, let's do some LVPs. And I don't really know who to give it to. Like, I consider, I considered giving an off-screen LVP to Vanessa because she's still mm, pissing yeah. me off. As, as is, like, me imagining her feeling herself. Off the show. Yeah, and thinking she's the best in Barcelona, but I'll give it to Louis. He's such a little bitch, and I I just can't stand people who don't stand up to their moms. And like, yes, he comes through in the end, but him giving Blair peonies is supposed to be this like grand moment for him. That that's sad. Yeah. And like, like more big picture, like this is the man that is going to marry Blair Waldorf, one of the most mm. iconic people of all time. And it's just Louis. Like, how am I supposed to root for that? So Louis, you're getting an LVP for me. Brendan, who's your LVP? Yeah, I was debating giving it to Louis's mom. 
but I think Louis more pathetic. Uh, Louis's mom is who she is, and if you're yes. too afraid to stand up to her, it's embarrassing. And that you even convinced me more with that. Like, who's gonna marry Blair Waldorf? It should not be this guy. He looks. He, the past two episodes, he's had a lot of like weird, menacing looks, and I just have been liking him less and less. The more he has like a straight face on, he just either smile or like wear a mask. His his, his <laughs> like resting Whoa. face is terrifying. <laughs> We haven't had a masquerade ball this season yet, so that is a well <laughs> right. they like to go back to. So, <laughs> so we, may, we may see him in a mask soon. Uh, Gabby, who's your LVP of the episode? Gotta be Louie. Oh, oh, man. A clean sweep. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. No sound effect, Brendan? I'm afraid to press the wrong thing. There's a lot of crazy ones on there right now. All right, you're you're gunshot now. You don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, not the worst. <laughs> There's the laugh track I needed. Hold on. <laughs> Get your finger on that one again. Ready? All right. Yeah, so, yeah. all right. I've got some time to kill before the 9-11 10th anniversary album release. <laughs> <laughs> applause. <laughs> Just straight up applause. <laughs> right. They gave Rufus a standing ovation. Glorious <laughs> <that> applause. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so, that's all for the seg- segments, except, of course, for everyone's favorite segment, Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. We are going to do that great scene on the yacht with Serena, Chuck, and Nate, where uh, Chuck is kind of explaining his new philosophy. Um, so there's Serena, there's Chuck, and there's Nate. Uh, Brendan, you like being Serena and Chuck, so do you want to be either of them? Um, either one. I'm fine with... Either one. I, either. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... Nate only has one line. So, Gabby, do you want the part with one line or do you want a meteor roll? Oh, yeah, I want the star roll. Okay, so you, I'll take Nate. Uh, Brendan, you you and Gabby can fight over Chuck. Oh, yeah, please. please which, which is the star? Who would you like to be, Gabby? Oh, no, I don't I don't care. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be Chuck. All right. Okay, great. Gender rolls. So if, anyone, <laughs> so if anyone ha- everyone has their scripts out in front of them, Serena will start okay. us off. Oh, usually when you smile like this, you look like a creepy Cheshire cat. But this one is real. What is your secret? And if it's legal, I want some. (laughs) It's not a substance. It's a state of mind. A word. Let me guess. A dirty word. Yes. Yes, it's a dirty word. The word is yes. I say it at anything. If an opportunity presents itself, I take it. There's nothing wrong. I won't try once. What? Even happiness. I'm having, you just include, like, you include the word wrong. <laughs> I, I have internal bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's very inspiring. I, I've been saying all summer he should run an infomercial. Uh, I, I love Gail. <laughs> Is Chuck crying blood? Flap <laughs> <Blap> track. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wow. What, a, what a scene. That was beautiful. Wow, full of great lines. <laughs> An infomercial? Like... <laughs> hey, it's me, Chuck Bass. I say yes a lot. Have you thought of... <laughs> Have you ever thought about the word yes? Have you ever thought of falling off a building? Just say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. It'll get you a date with an older woman. Look at me, Look at me. I'm fine. Oh! <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> that, that, that's our show, except for some plugs. Before we get into that, 
Abby, thank you so much for thank filling you, in you. on a relatively short notice. You came in, you came in in a pinch, very, very clutch. You joined the Two Timers Club. Do you have anything that you would like to plug at this hour? Oh, uh, no, I'm on Twitter at Gabby Pascuzzi, and I tweet about uh, the shows that I watch, and that's it. Very nice. All right, Brendan, what are you plugging? You can listen to the Hobby Boys podcast. We have uh, so much fun stuff going on over there. We just had Mel got served on that show, talking about Lover Boys, as she always does, her favorite beverage in the world. Um, we you can listen to the Blitzball Boys. We are finishing up coverage of Blitzball Blitz, the most recent tournament that just happened. Whoa! I was there in person at Billy's outside of Yankee Stadium. It was a lot of fun. Pretty cool to be there. Uh and what else you can listen to the lonely boys this show is a lot of fun we had a great guest on gabby pascuzzi incredible really fun fun time the sandy boys is also a great show on patreon.com slash the happy boys pod we can get all of our oc coverage for three dollars a month all right um I will plug, now that we are back into the swing of Survivor season, or the Survivor season, I will plug the best Survivor podcast out there, of course, Bitter Jurors. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Gabby was also on that one this week. So if you're looking for some great uh, discussion on the premiere, and I'm assuming on every other episode that comes out throughout the season, uh, you're not going to want to miss that podcast. Um, and then, Brendan, you, you mentioned your Blitzball boys, and mm. I uh, I haven't watched this documentary yet, but I was listening to the baseball podcast I listened to, Effectively Wild, and... A, uh, there's a podcast, uh, or the guest on was promoting his uh, his documentary that he just made, the Minnesota Twins and the Cruelest Streak in Sports, oh. and it's about how the Twins have lost 18 consecutive playoff games. Wow! Uh, from the perspective of a Twins fan, so I'm very excited to check that out. That's cool. And he said that he drew a lot of inspiration from John Boy, and he said that John Boy is like his his like filmmaking hero, and like he said, like his goal is to just like. How, like, if John Boy, like, watched it and reached out to him and said, like, something nice about it. And I thought, since you're, like, best friends with John Boy now, uh -huh. like, saying this to you could only, like, I'm not telling you to, to run back and t <laughs> tell him about it. But if I put it out there, like, you're, like, one person removed from John Boy. So I feel like this couldn't hurt. Like, we're getting closer to it now. Yeah, it's, I say we're, we're, we're getting there. Uh, I, I, I hope that that guy also thinks we are really awesome and maybe thinks we should be his idols as well. We're, we're maybe his podcasting idols. <laughs> I was listening to effectively wild the baseball podcast and the guest was on and he was like plugging his stuff and he was like michael i love the blitz bowl boys i listen to their podcast i just i just want them P brendan and peter i just want them to, to say that they love my document i i don't know what i would have done i would have yes yeah, so I'll, I'll reach out to him i think that's what uh will settle all this <laughs> that's basically what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at RuppyPuppy. You can follow his other podcast, The Hoppy Boys, at The Hoppy Boys Pod. And you can come back next week where we'll be breaking down Season 5, Episode 2, The Beauty and the Feast. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Love Lonely boys. Bye-bye. All right. Kept it under two hours. We did it.